listening to the Dad's Gone Wild podcast. Uh, yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. Cannonball! <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I couldn't help. I couldn't help myself. Emergency yes, podcast. Yes. I had to, dude. I had to do it. All I could think of was Ron Burgundy. Yeah, um, absolutely. <laughs> Emergency podcast, a lot, a lot of stuff coming down the pipeline. The last twenty four hours, holy shit! I mean, even just today, not even the last twelve hours. Um, big trade in yeah. the NHL and huge news coming out of Detroit with kind of finalizing their coaching uh, structure, their coaching uh, staff, and then also a huge move with a very important player for them. So we'll get into it right now. Blockbuster trade, the first one of the 2021 season. The Columbus Blue Jackets trade Pierre-Luc Dubois, a 2022 third-round pick to the Winnipeg Jets for winger Patrick Liney and forward Jack Roslovic. This was just gra- just crazy to hear. You know, Andy and I, you know, we talked about this the other night when we – had that Lightning Jackets game, and Dubois played for 355 the whole game. And then, then you sent me that clip afterwards. Of oh yeah, him just like him, just like not cruise control, cr- cruise control. All. Yeah, cruise. Just like remember like the, the at the very end when he like basically just didn't go like and play for the puck, and I was like, what are you doing? Like you can't you, you can't do that. It's like obviously you're sending a message here, like you're not happy. So not surprised that something happened here. It was, it was obvious, right? Something had to happen. Yeah. I, and honestly, I, I did not see this happening so fast. Um, I thought that this would percolate a little bit and, you know, Kekalainen would kind of, you know, wait and see what some of the offers that came in. But I think, you know, the fact that this group has pretty much been the same since the Panarin Bobrovsky thing, I just think it was, it's such – I don't think that they wanted to put that – you know, I think maybe the locker room was like, we're not going through this again. Get this get this guy out of here. He doesn't want to be here. He's not playing. You know, it's just we, we need to we need to get get on with this so that we can get out with the season and focus on winning. And, sure. you know, we were talking on the podcast the other night about it, literally 24, 48 hours ago about how, you know, this looks like maybe Torts is – you know, there's a clash there or what have you, but yeah, maybe you know, he's on his way out. Maybe, maybe that his time is done. Hey, um, yeah, 
just just real quick before we get going any further, I know that you and I are kind of the staples of this show, but I don't think we told anybody about Jeff. Yes, Jeffrey Leon Azuri, welcome to Jeff's the podcast. Sorry, bud. <laughs> it's all good, man. Glad to be here. Oh, man, um, that was awesome. I'm doing some research yeah. on this trade, and the main thing I'm seeing here is everybody thinks it's hilarious that uh, the two guys are basically swapping uh, cities. Similar are, cities, yeah. Yeah, similar small cities, not sounding like the types of places they'd want to be at, but. Yeah, I saw, one, I saw one tweet Def- that say uh, Dubois traded to the only NHL city that doesn't have its own airport. It's true. Well, <laughs> <of that>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it has a regional airport, right? Yes, apparently. Those are, I mean, there's obviously like both second tier market, you know, markets for the NHL. Um, but yeah, there's yeah, know, they're in medium size. Like you know, we were just very quickly we were talking about you know. Line A wasn't happy, you know, Dubois wasn't happy. Sounds like, you know, from that perspective, they were both looking for a new new opportunity. So but yeah, but so the, going back yeah. to going going back to what you said before, like we were talking maybe Torts is done. Maybe maybe this is the end. Maybe he's you know, maybe he's uh, on his way out. Well, obviously that's not the case. It was it was the other way around. Which I don't know. I guess that's that's their prerogative, but I mean, twenty-two-year-old centerman that's you know arguably not even at his pri- in his prime yet. I don't know. Seems like maybe they could have considered a different option, but oh well, here we are. Yeah, I mean, the the clip of his last shift, the ISO of him on the on the mm-hmm. on the ice. He's just he's in cruise control, and, and at that point, everybody's like, okay, this is not. This isn't a torch thing. This is this guy's on cruise control. He's clearly sending a message that he wants out. He wants out now. He kind of forced Columbus's sure. hand with that. Um, but yeah, you bring up like the whole you know twenty two twenty two year old center. You know he still yeah. hasn't hit his prime. And the thing is, is like Patrick Line was known before the season started that he was disgruntled in Winnipeg. He didn't want to be there because there were. He wasn't. He wanted to be a top line winger, and he's not on that team. It's Blake Wheeler and Kyle Connor playing alongside Mark Scheifele, and he wasn't happy with that role. He wanted to be top uh, on the top line. Um, so there was rumors that Columbus and Winnipeg had talked about a trade for Patrick Line, but nothing happened because it probably involved. Pierre-Luc Dubois, Zach Wierenski, or Seth Jones, and Columbus is not moving on from either of those guys. So, right, you know, Columbus Columbus didn't make didn't trade for Patrick Line at the beginning of the season because they weren't willing to trade Pierre-Luc Dubois because they thought that they were going to be able to sign him long term and he would stay with the club. Well, now that's not the case. So it was like, all right, well, I guess this was this is our best option at this point because the guy doesn't want to be here, and it sounds like. Line A at least is open to the to you know open to the discussion of signing a longer term extension with Columbus um, because he's going to come down here and I mean he's going to be the guy um, yeah. and if you're I mean if yeah it sucks like you, you lose Dubois you lose top line center it's a really everybody's always looking to, to stay strong up the middle of the ice. So in that regard, yeah, it sucks. It sucks for Columbus because now you're kind of sitting there having to reshuffle things with, you know, your 
you're moving up Max Domi to your top line is your top line center. You're probably gonna have to move Boone Jenner, Nick Foligno to, you know, third line center. You, Alexander Texier has been getting some time at center. Um, and eventually they'll get Miko Koivu off of, um, you know, COVID list, but he's an older guy. He signed a one year deal, but he's good depth. So, but I mean, you can't, you can't look at this and not be excited about having Patrick line in your lineup. Columbus is struggled to score goals, you know, and this is probably their, the best pure goal scorer they've had since Rick Nash. And I was just going to say, this yeah. is probably the biggest name since Nash, right? Well, I mean, they had, they had Panarin, but like, Panarin, yeah. Okay. Sure. But he but was, I mean, he's not, he's not like a pure goal scorer. Like he's a really good player. He's an awesome player. He's elite, but he's also a distrib more, you know, more of a distributor too. sets up, um, yeah. sets up other guys on the line. Um, sure. you know, he, but he can definitely still score goals, but I mean, Patrick line is, you know, that's kind of his, he's got an amazing shot. He is a, an elite level goal, goal scorer. He's great on the power play. And those are two things Columbus has been missing for a long time is scoring goals. And they're just, they've just always struggled on the power play. I think that'll help them. And once the, he can kind of get that engine going, that'll help, you know, just give the team some more confidence. But um, going back the other way, I mean, Dubois, uh, Winnipeg arguably has the best best center depth in the in the in their division for sure. Maybe even the league because you got Mark Scheifele is your top line center, and then you got Pierre Luc Dubois as your one A or two, um, and then they can move Paul Stastny down to their three, you know, their third line center. They're pretty. They're set up pretty good down the middle, and they have good wingers too. I mean, on the top line, they've got Blake Wheeler and Kyle Connor. They have Nikolai Ehlers. Um, they're in pretty good shape. They needed more. They, what they really. That's why this trade is like it's good for Winnipeg, but they really need help to, uh, in the back end or on the blue line. Um, and I think maybe during the summer when they were looking to move Line A, they probably were looking at Columbus to move a defenseman, and they probably weren't willing to do that. Um, so yeah, it's, uh, you know, a lot of people said that, uh, Columbus got good value in this trade, even though they were kind of forced to, to move him. Winnipeg is also retaining 26% of line A salary. So that's helpful. Um, the salary cap. Um, and then the other guy that they got in the deal, um, Roslovic, he's actually from Columbus. He's born here, lived here, raised here. So it's kind of a homecoming for him. He's pretty excited, but he was sitting on his couch. He didn't have a contract with Winnipeg. He was kind of unhappy. Um, so it's kind of like it's ironic that they're both teams are moving disgruntled players. But it sounds like obviously Roslovic is happy to be in Columbus, and it sounds like Line is pretty excited too. So yeah, crazy that it went that. Yeah, you're yeah you're right. It's crazy that it happened that quickly. It was just like what they brought it up. This all happened during the week. They started, you know, rumors flew, were flying yesterday, and now it's done. Yeah, yeah I mean, literally – go ahead. Sorry, Jeff. Yeah, there might have been talks about it. You mentioned this summer they were, you know, maybe looking to make a trade. So this might have – you know, the recent events of the last week might have kick-started that. Uh, yeah. Or, you know, started that talk again to say hey, let's, let's actually make well, this happen now. They probably already talked to, uh, they may have already talked a scenario where it's like, look, if this, this, or this happens, then, you know, are you going to be interested? Yeah, I'm interested. Give me a call type of thing. And hey, it happened. 
you are you still want to do this? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, go. You know what I mean? Like it's a lot easier if you've already had the conversation. Yeah, for sure. And uh, uh, last night, a lot of the reports coming out were that Winnipeg, Montreal, and Anaheim were kind of the front runners. Um, but ultimately, I think Patrick Line was a player that Keck Line coveted. Um, he obviously did in the draft. He's they're both um, they're both from Finland, so they're countrymen. And you know, I mean, basically, they swapped the number. Columbus swapped the number three pick for the number two pick in that 2016 draft. So um, it's crazy to see that happen because that's who ultimately. If Liney was there at three, they would have obviously taken him. Um, <clears throat> but it's pretty obvious that him and Matthews were going to go one and two. I think in that that draft. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Um, uh, Jeff, Jeff helped me out to um, get a little wager in on that Bolts cap, uh, Bolts jackets game today. So I want a few, couple coins off that. Oh yeah, oh yeah. yeah. You're, 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 you're just peddling your bets now. That's uh, good. You know, a little, just dip his toe in the water a little bit. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we gotta, we gotta help him out. He doesn't have. They don't have that down in Ohio now. Right? We, no, not yet. Yeah. We've, Eventually. Uh, we've, we've we've accelerated our, our uh, betting capabilities here in Michigan as of yesterday. Tax, re- tax revenue somehow. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's good. That's good. Yeah. Awesome. Hopefully it, uh, hopefully it all works out. What Did anything yeah. else happen today besides yeah, this actually, other two? I think anything else happened? Let me throw out one other thing first before we get to the the, the other news of the day. But um, looks like the state of Michigan Health Department has just shut down U of M's athletics for two weeks. Whoa! What? There are five confirmed cases of this new like COVID variant. A new strain. Yeah, the new strain that came from Europe allegedly. Oh God! Uh, so they yeah just today shut down U of M athletics for the next two weeks. So they were supposed Michigan, yeah, Michigan State were two, yeah two weeks from today. So that would assume that is off. Fuck. Speaking of MSU basketball, I, I mean this team went like three weeks uh, since we played. Dude, I was gonna say it's been almost a month, and like they're squarely on the bubble right now. I mean, if they're in, they're they're last, you know, yeah. next next four in or last four in right now. Yeah, they have to restart the season basically after taking that long off. I think Thursday yeah. against Rutgers is we're scheduled to play next. We'll yeah, that's see if that happens. That's the next game. Is that right? They really haven't played in three weeks. Yeah, let me see the last score I can find on here. But it's been substantial. Last the last game they played was per, that that Purdue game that they were uh, they're up by the week. The one that I said, oh yeah, that's yeah. a win for sure. That's a win for sure, and then they end up losing by by one. Yeah, that was January eighth. Oh my god! And today What's today? The twenty third. So it's fifteen days ago. Fifteen days ago, it was two weeks. So wow. be, yeah, our next scheduled game is Thursday the twenty eighth. So that'll be twenty days if they play. Yeah, it. almost almost three weeks. Wow. Wow. Damn. Yeah. And, and well, I'm sorry, and, Jeff. You said this is uh, the U of M athletics program is shut down, correct? Correct. Yeah, by like the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services, like shut down their whole well, athletic program. They got yeah. a new director there. The other guy, the other guy that was there, he he resigned. 
So now they got a new health director and maybe they just, you know, they're coming in swinging. Shut this yeah. shit down before it gets out of control. All it says here is state health department. So I don't know. I don't think that's anybody to do with the school. It might be, you know, it's the state of Michigan basically saying that. Um, Oh, yeah. I think this is more, it's not supposed to be a worse strain of COVID, but it's supposed to be more contagious, apparently. Great. All right. Oh, my God. (laughs) Anyways, back to to sports. Um, And speaking of Big Ten basketball, it looks like Archie Miller in Indiana is back from the dead. They upset Iowa the other night, and I think pretty handily, right? Uh, yeah, I didn't catch the final. I did see that they won. I, no, it's not a game that I watched, just to be honest. Um, but, yeah, I, I think I caught the box score of that. Let's see if I can find it here real quick. Uh, what night was that? I think it was Thursday night. Yep. Yeah. 81-69. Yep. Uh, somebody is breathing really heavy into their microphone right now. Yeah, yeah. I think it's I think it's you, it Andy. It may have been me. It may. Yeah. Have been me. <laughs> yeah. I was Thanks. favored by ten. I was favored by ten in that game and lost by twelve. So it's pretty yeah. Loss. I saw some some tweets out that said you put an athletic uh, wing on Bohannon, you shut him down. It, Iowa becomes a, a little bit easier, a lot easier to defend and that they made Luca Garza look slow. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. yeah and, he, and he takes a lot of shots inside. He was 10 for 22 shooting. So wow. Pretty good defensive effort there to hold him to under 50% shooting. Yeah. I guess he's taking shots probably what? Yeah. Within five feet. Of the hoop. Five, five feet of the rim. Yeah. So interesting. Well, back to, uh, Breaking news. Earlier this evening, one and only Adam Schefter tweeted out that in an arrangement, Matthew Stafford and the Lions... Mutually agreed upon to part ways this offseason. And that was at what time today? Like 7 o'clock? It was like 6.15, Jeff. Like that text saying, is this real? Yep. So Detroit is currently fielding trade offers for its former number one overall pick starting this week. And um, I told Jeff I was looking at some stuff... You know, while we're getting ready to to start, Dave Burkett, you know, good old Dave from the Free Press, he said, if you're looking for a deadline for a Matthew Stafford trade, he's due a $10 million roster bonus on the fifth day of the league year, which for now is scheduled to begin March 17th. So certainly the Lions won't be cutting that check. So he's going to be gone before end of March. Yeah. So, well, you gotta find somebody that wants to cut that check. <laughs> Hopefully, you can figure that out. Well, so what I are think the that options? let's run through them. I think that if you find a team that is, uh, you know, in search of a a quarterback, they're in win win now mode. It's 
it's palatable. Jeff, what if uh, you're the one that sent this over to us? What did what did you see after that as far as like maybe any rumors or teams that could be could be really interested in, in picking him up? Yeah, it seems like there should be, you know, a, definitely a handful of teams that, um, you know, could use a quarterback and and that might be the piece that could make them, a, a, you know, a playoff contender, a Super Bowl contender, what have you. Um, you know, just looking through the divisions of teams and, you know, some of these are up in the air because, you know, we don't know what Drew Brees is going to do. We don't know what Ben Roethlisberger is going to do, but, you know, Pittsburgh and New Orleans are teams that, you know, we're both playoff teams and both have quarterbacks that were, you know, late thirties or early forties. Um, so those would be a couple spots right off the bat. And then another obvious one is the Colts who, you know, Phillip Rivers came in for a year. They kind of have been, you know, bouncing around quarterbacks since Andrew Luck left. So to me, the Colts are the most obvious choice. There's definitely, you know, several other teams too. If you look in the NFC East, especially, um, you know, the Redskins, I'm sorry, Washington football team, the Cowboys, neither of them yeah. really have a starting quarterback right now. I know the Cowboys would, you know, most likely resign Dak, but if they don't want to give him $40 million a year, they can right. Stafford, and he's, you know, the next two years, he's going to make $20 million and $23 million. So mm-hmm. that would free up a lot of room to, you know, improve the defense. The question is how much they have to give up to get him. Sure. Yeah, speaking of the Colts, man, and you brought up the Andrew Luck thing, like they got to be sitting there just like, what in the, f- what in the hell? Like if they had Andrew Luck on their roster, like that team is oh, are, probably they'd be playing. They'd be yeah, it'd be in the a you know they'd be playing Colts Chiefs, yeah, yeah, you know, or yeah. or close to it, um, you know. But you know what they got? They you know you also look at it and say you know what they got lucky that they got to go for Manning to Luck. Oh uh, yeah, they got the right time to get the number one pick, and then you know maybe if they had luck, they wouldn't have been in the draft position to get Jonathan Taylor, or might not have gotten Darius Leonard. So it's you know right. when you look at like one specific thing that happens and the dominoes that fall after that, you know I, I heard a talk on the radio the other day that you know when Drew Brees went from the Chargers to the Saints, Nick Saban was in Miami. The he was a Dolphins coach and really wanted him, but the Dolphins. GM didn't want to take the chance because he was too he short, was right? Prone. And he was injury prone at the time too. Oh, that's right. He had shoulder injuries in San Diego. But then there's like the dominoes of if Drew Brees had gone to the Dolphins, then well, yeah, to save Saban it. stays in Miami and then doesn't become Alabama's coach. And wow. There's a whole lot of yeah. things to, to factor and think about when you look at one. It's like butterfly effect, stuff. right? Yeah, exactly. Um, Yeah. I mean, in, in Indy, dude, that O line, that running game, their defense. You throw Stafford in there, man. That is, you, you know, you kind of have to take it with a grain of salt because you're not quite sure, you know, if Stafford can get a team over the hump. But man, just the raw talent that he has, and you know, he's a competitor. You know, that team would would rally around him. They would. He's a great locker room guy, right? Yeah. Isn't it, isn't it like isn't it pathetic though that here we are sitting talking about like oh man if we took man if you took Matthew Stafford and put him on this team they could win it's like we've had this dude for twelve years he had he had Megatron we had I mean like what the fuck where are we doing 
Yeah, it did seem like we were close for a stretch. We had Sue, you know, that, that Cowboys. Yeah. Uh, the, four, four, the 2015 playoff game. And, yeah. yeah, that was like comes the peak up. of yeah, what we seemed like. If we could have just taken a step forward there instead of steps backwards. And that really just falls on the organization for, you know, how things fell apart with Calvin, fell apart with Sue. You know, it's like after the same things keep happening, it's like, who who do you blame? It's you know, the owners. Not, not the players at a certain point. Yeah, it's got to be. It's the organization. Yeah. You know, yeah, and we've had, what, three different members of the Ford family been our owner in, like, the last five years, so it just keeps... Yeah, it's it's more an indictment on the Lions organization as a whole than it is on Stafford. Yeah. No, I, 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 I'm... I'm, I guess I'm, I'm pointing at the ownership. I'm pointing at the organization right now. It's like, look, yeah, for sure. This conversation about how this guy is so talented. If you put him in the right position with the right people, they could, he, he could absolutely be the X factor for, for a team that's contending right now. So it's like we had 12 years with a guy with that kind of talent and we did shit with it again. Oh, never won. Never won a division. It's just yeah, poor player. I, I don't know. It, it's just it's pathetic. There's nothing else to say. It's pathetic. yeah. I don't blame him for wanting to leave because well, no. I can't believe he, I, starting, I can't believe it took starting this over long. again. Well, yeah, it's. I mean, he could have and like, probably should have wanted to leave a couple of years ago before Quinn and Patricia took over. But I mean, at this point, to start over again for what would this be his fourth head coach? I think with Schwartz and Caldwell, his first two coaches, and then Schwartz. Well, and how many OCs? Right. Oh yeah, yeah, half dozen probably. Yeah, I mean, um, who was Jim, I don't even Jim Bob Cooter, Cooter, um, Lanahan, Tom Lanahan, Lanahan. yep, Lanahan. Uh, uh, Lombardi, yep, Joe Lombardi, um, yeah, Daryl Bevel, um, did he? Who was uh, Schwartz's? Was Linehan Schwartz's OC to start? I think so. He was with Stafford for a while. Yeah, he's he's there um, for a while. Yep. But yeah, I mean, you get it. He's just like, all right, I'm done. All right, let's let's. It's best for you. It's best for me to part ways. So at least, at least the Lions are. You know, obviously, it doesn't sound like it was their idea, but I mean, who knows? Um, I think the timing is somewhat interesting too, because I mean, they're saying now that when they hired the GM and coach that. They had told them that Stafford wanted to leave, basically. But, you know, to come out with this, like, the same week as you hire a new coach, I don't know, the timing just seems a little strange to, like, all of a sudden, like, did the team put that out in a press release? How do we even get this information? Did it leak somehow? I just saw that Shepard tweet. So I don't know. It was like, did, did the team officially put this out there? No, I don't I don't think so. But, you know, they usually leak stuff like this. Um but I mean, like, I don't know. Are they going to release a press? Are they going to are they going to release a statement that like, hey, we're, you know, Detroit fans, Detroit Lions fans, we're we're moving we're moving uh, away from Matthew Stafford and trading him. Like, is that is that something that I don't think that's something you normally see in a in a like a official statement from the team, right? Well, I do see it on their website right now, and this was at eight o five p.m. So it was what a little two hours after the two hours ago. Yeah, yeah, Tim Twentyman, which he's like a writer yeah. for DetroitLions.com, wrote, you know, a story that's saying the Lions and Stafford agree to seek trade offers. So this is like on I'm like I'm DetroitLions.com right now. So that's he's basically a spokesperson for the team. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they they feed information to him and he gets it out to the public. It seems like. Yep. 
Yeah. Him and, and is it Jim O'Hare or whatever? Yeah. Um, Wasn't there like an article like, like earlier this week or last week where Barry Sanders came out and said, I expect to see Matthew Stafford with the team next year? That was like within the last. Uh, it was, it was a podcast. Was or it? He had a, a radio interview or something. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, did he say that though, or did somebody ask him? And he, you know, he basically was like, know. "Yeah, if somebody exactly. asks you that question versus you bringing it up." But if he's asked that, even if he knew it, he probably couldn't say anything. So he just has to say, "Yeah, I expect him to be the quarterback." Yeah, he's yeah, signed he's with he's he's, he's under contract. contract. He's he's under yeah. It makes that's that's the that only thing you can say. It's the only thing you can say. Well, he's um, gonna be the one to start the rumors, you know, right? So. It sounds, it, yeah, Jeff, you're right. It sounds like they wanted to get their front office, or, or I'm sorry, yeah, they wanted to get the GM in place. They wanted to get the head coach and his staff kind of f- set for the most part. And then, okay, this is the direction moving forward. Now that we have, um, you know, our our GM in place, we have our coach and his coordinators in place. Now we have a direction, right? Yeah, I would think so. And, you know, I don't really see the need to make it public, but I guess that's the route they wanted to go. They might think that'll, you know, if anything. Maybe it'll speed things up. It might bring more suitors to the table, you know, realizing that, you know, we have a chance to get this guy who, you know, he he was good in Detroit, had, you know, little, little points of greatness, but not sustained. And maybe, you know, in the right system with the right run game and offensive line. And all that yeah, and you look at it. And you, you like, I think Indianapolis and Washington are two really obvious teams because they both have good defenses. They're pretty strong up front. They've got some playmakers. Really, all they feel like, you know, they've got a good coach or they have good coaching staff. Really, the only thing that they think they're missing is quarterback. Um, so I think those are the obvious ones. But, you know, then there's like, I think Orlovsky tweeted this out, Denver. Um, and people have talked about this, like John Elway just – you could see him being like, "Yeah, let's get this talented guy in here." And you know, I don't even know if that's a super, is that a Super Bowl roster? I, I mean, they have a good run game and some good receivers potentially. So, but you're in a division with Mahomes, yeah, the Chiefs. The Chargers are on the way up, and the Raiders are decent. Yeah, yeah, and Char- Chargers have a really good roster. They just had a bunch of injuries. Now they're breaking in a new quarterback, and you know the Raiders are competitive. Gruden's made them competitive, so you know. Does a team? Does a team look at? Yeah, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Finish that thought because I have have something else that I wanted to bring up about Stafford. Yeah, I was just gonna say, like, does it? Does a team look and see, like, hey, like our fans are going nuts about potentially bringing in Stafford, and like, do we want? You know, is this something that we should do to try and? get some more interest in the team and get maybe some more season ticket holders to buy, you know, is there, is, do you think that's part of it or is it that, or no, is it? Yeah. I mean, another thing to factor into is what do you have to give up to get them? Yeah. And, you know, when talking about there's, you know, rumors float around that, it's, you know, take a first round pick plus something else, you know, when looking at teams to trade with the, the biggest thing to me is where are they drafting in the first round? You know, if you look yep. at it, like a playoff team is drafting in the twenties, well, right. You know, a, a team like Denver, know, Denver is yeah. probably drafting what top fifteen. Yeah, somewhere like that. Where is Washington? They won their division technically, and we're a playoff team, right? Doesn't that make them, you know, drafting lower? They would be the 
Yeah, they'd be the late teens. Yeah, they're probably sitting at like what, like eighteen or nineteen. Well, how, well, how many teams make it? Top eight. Uh, so that's fourteen, dude. Yeah, seven on each side, so fourteen. Make oh, it's fourteen this year. Yeah, so eighteen do not. Yeah, so yeah, Washington sitting there at like eighteen. Yeah, maybe Denver sitting at fourteen or you know fourteen or fifteen, maybe. And it's like, hey, um, you're gonna you're gonna get two picks in the top fifteen. You're rebuilding a roster. That's that's attractive. Yeah, absolutely. And then the you know the the biggest concern is obviously you have a gaping hole at quarterback. If you trade Stafford, do you are you committed now to drafting one at seven? Which you know are you going to end up with the fourth best quarterback in this draft potentially if three go ahead of you? You know by doing this before the draft, you're kind of you know telescoping that you want a quarterback when we know. Jacksonville's taking one. We think the Jets are taking one. You know, does Atlanta take one? There's, you know, drafting seven. There's a lot of teams ahead of you that might go quarterback. Right. So do you package those two, seven and whatever else you get and move up? Yeah. I mean, that's, that's gotta be the thought process depending where you think, you know, whether it's Fields or Lance or whoever it is that your GM evaluates as, you know, the second best quarterback behind Trevor Lawrence. Right. Sorry, Jeff or Andy. What were you going to say? Is something about Stafford? That that uh, I think in our I think in our text feed there was a, a snapshot. I think Jeff. I think you put it up about the 49ers potentially being interested in Stafford. But then, mm-hmm. like, are they are they done with Jimmy G? Or like, I mean, what, what's what's up with that? They could they could put him on the move either back to us or to somewhere else. I mean, this yeah. is, he's kind of been hurt. I, I feel like I've seen Nick Mullins more than Jimmy G in the last couple of years. So yeah, he said he had injuries this last year a lot. They obviously have a really good offensive line and elite tight end. Their defense is stacked. Yeah. Decent run game. So it really, you know, they're another one of those few teams that, you know, what well, they were in the Super Bowl Was that last year? Yeah. They lost to Kansas city. Yeah. The Super Bowl last year. And, you know, they saw the quarterback play, wavering this year so they might feel yeah like i was gonna say right last year didn't they have like a they had like a hell of a run weren't they undefeated for like like up through like week nine uh, no, they no, may no, have this, been this they had may have been they may have been they had an off like they had an awesome season i remember i remember it was was it aaron andrews or another like female reporter like at one point like they had won their seventh game in a row or sixth game in a row or whatever and she was like interviewing Jimmy Garoppolo and he's she's she's like so how's it going he's like it's going great baby he was just like, <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. just like fantastic we're, right now we're undefeated I'm playing well this is great yeah yeah exactly yeah that's yeah. awesome I do remember that now that you mention it um <laughs> that's just, man but uh so like Okay, so we talked about like the Colts, talked about the 49ers, uh, I mean, Broncos, Washington. Broncos. Uh, yes. Jeff mentioned oh, yeah, maybe, he, maybe he'd love to go back to and play with uh, Martin Mayhew. You know, isn't Martin Mayhew the GM there now? Yeah, and Washington. Washington. I heard him yesterday. Yep. So he he's go, yeah, he's he, not the he go, is he the GM or is he like in the in the front office? Yeah, I don't remember the exact title. He got he's like some sort of executive. Uh, I forget like, now, but yeah, it seemed like he's. It'll be one of the top decision makers in that franchise going forward. 
And yeah, I've got the draft. Jeff, was it so you that told like, me that? Yeah. No, did you? Was it you that told me that? And maybe I have this this story wrong, but Martin Mayhew came up through the Lions organization, and he started and like as like a security guard or something like yeah. that. Yeah, and then he was the well, he, I think he was a former player, and then he ended up being with the Lions. He was the head of security. At one yeah, he was. Oh, okay, okay. He was the defensive back, I think. Yeah, and then he was the head of security for the Lions, and ended up being the assistant GM to Millen. And when they fired Millen, they just promoted Mayhew to GM. And really, if, Did, if you look back at the Lions drafts, he, you know, really wasn't that terrible. I know some, you know, some picks were somewhat obvious when you look at Stafford number one, Sue the next Sue. was number two, but then what they do Nick Fairley the year after, I think. So you know, that one didn't yeah. really turn out. Turn out all that great, but he's Mike Kalashore. Yeah, Mike Kalashore. <laughs> Who was the receiver from uh, Boise uh, State? Pet Austin uh, Pettis, the guy that the guy that got like Titus, arrested. Titus, Titus Young. Young. Yep. Titus Young. Yeah. And then was it yep. Ryan, Bro- jo- Ryan Broyles? Yeah. Ryan Broyles. Who? Javid Best. Javid Best. Yeah. Uh, Which yeah, I, you know, it sucks nice. that that didn't work out with Javid Best because he was, I mean, like obviously he had health issues that whatever but he i, I liked him uh, he, oh he was he, great he was a great he was a great player but he had concussion problems in college too exactly yeah that's no, all i mean yeah. it, was a, it was a risky pick from the beginning right yeah. I mean, because you knew like yeah. he, who did he play he was for did cal he, play for cal. he no. played for cal okay cal. yeah and he, he was like, a fucking like, burn he was a burner man he was so fast he was incredibly fast but like remember yeah. those the, i remember watching the clip uh before they drafted him of him getting like his second concussion in college, yeah, and yeah. he just like got laid out and like his you know his arms locked up and he's just like I'm like, man, this guy is you know, he's gonna have some health issues. It's like, yeah, I remember. Like, that's just the way it is, I guess. My my most memorable moment of him playing for the Lions was, um, my parents had tickets. We all went to the the Monday night game against the Bears, like that. F- uh, I think it was like 2011. They started out like five and zero, um, okay. and I remember there was one play where he just like he he got an opening and he was like a shot out of a can and it had like a 50 or 60 yard touchdown run. Yeah. Yep. Hmm. Um, Can I ask you, you before I I had a question. We never and I meant to ask this like in a, two shows ago, but Carryon Johnson is he? What is his status? Is he done? Is he not on the team anymore, or like, did he get hurt? Because like last year he was like the guy, and now it's, I mean, he's not. Well, but, you know, he's a, uh, he's a uh, actually he's still no he's still uh, still on the roster, important part of the team, I guess. Pro Football Focus does their rankings. I actually saw TJ Lang point this out, and like, Carryon Johnson had like the he was like the top rated pass blocker or like a. Uh, Running back blocking, um, really for a pass protection. Yeah, so they just kind of like tweaked this his season? role. Yeah, this past season. Did he play the entire season? Yep. He was like just a, a running a, back, really. A more of a limited role, okay, um, because okay. they brought in Peterson, and then obviously DeAndre Swift is a fucking Swift. beast. Yeah, yeah, Swift is like legit, right? Yeah, this guy, he's, he's nice, awesome. Nice to see. Yeah. Yeah, the hope um, is can be a backup, you know, that runs the ball, you know, five, six times a game, catches a couple of balls and is in there on, yep. you know, pass protection. Who was that other 
running back that we had like a few years ago that was in like he was like the third running back Theo Riddick. That's who it is. Yep. Kind of like yep. kind of like a Theo Riddick kind of kind of role. Yeah, Riddick wasn't really much of a blocker. Though. He was just out there to catch passes, really. Catch passes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's okay. Yeah, that's true. They'd line him up in the slot. Um, but yeah, it's funny you mentioned Martin Mayhew because Andy sent me an article. It was like this week or the week before. Whenever I think it was whenever they announced that Brad Holmes was the GM, and he and Terry was kind of recounting his. Um, he was kind of recounting his days as covering the Lions and kind of going back to like all the GMs that they've hired and basically that they've um they've only hired people that are going to do what they say or not push back and yeah. he said the thing that he wrote in that that blog that um that he said he said I knew that Martin Mayhew was going to be a bust before he even the day he was announced GM because when M- Millen left or was fired during that press conference he said Martin Mayhew's a stud that's what he said when yeah. he was leaving the press yeah. conference. Martin Mayhew's a stud, and he was like, "I knew from that day that this that Mayhew was going to fail." So that's hilarious, right? On multiple fronts, but it's also hilarious that that's not the only person that that Matt Millen has referred to as a stud. There was a broadcast that he was doing. I don't know, gosh, yeah. it's several years ago where he called Marinelli a stud. He goes, "That guy is a stud," and then like I think it was. Like his either his broadcast partner or somebody else, I mean, probably not his broadcast partner, but somebody else, like the third guy, the third guy in, or somebody else came in and was like, "How can you say that?" He went zero and sixteen. Yeah. Like basically, just called him out. Like, yeah, how can you're you say bo- he's a stud? Like, yeah, you're no, full of shit. Like, yeah, yeah, basically, he's a st- like, you don't know what you're. You further are substantiating that you do not know what you're talking about. Yeah, you hired this guy. He's the first 0-16 team in the NFL's history, and yet here you are talking about how awesome he is. You're an idiot. Yeah. Well, he's exactly. there for his own credibility to say that. Exactly. You know, he's trying to – he's, he's Yeah, different capacities. Not yeah, of course. Course, of course. But, I mean, like – I mean, like, what is he, just a, totally oblivious that, the, the, that Marinelli – like, remember that press conference that for Marinelli sure. did where Marinelli was just like, <laughs> I'm in a tunnel. And we're we're gonna keep digging, and we're just gonna keep digging and digging and digging, and we're just gonna keep going in this direction. Do you remember that? No. Was this during the oh, season? Oh yeah, it was. Oh. It was just like, what is this guy talking about? He's just like bizarre. Because it was like they were. It was they were. You know, I think it was the zero sixteen uh, season, and they were just like, I had to have been. Oh, yeah. How, how do you how do you help the team get out of this? You know, like. And like you know, you know, should you be adjusting your strategy? And he's just like, this is how I work, okay? You know, if we're let's if we were all in a tunnel together, and and I was in charge, and I said we're just gonna go this direction because this is where I think we should go, and I'm just gonna say that we should just keep going and going and going and going, and I and I'm never I'm never gonna stop going in that direction because that's the way I think we should go. And people were like, what are you talking about? We're not in a tunnel, Rod. <laughs> we're, not, we're not in a tunnel. We're not in a tunnel, Rod. <laughs> and, and even if you're if if you're digging in one direction, or you're running a team and you're running a certain way and it's not going well, at some point you have to adjust. Like I don't care what you think. You're, you're, yeah, you're not being object, you know, You're not being objective here. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> wow, that's cold. 
head for the top. Yeah. Wow, that's cool. Wow. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh Doesn't he open yeah. he opens every single one of his shows? He, just, he does that bush and then he goes, he goes, Oh my god, that is cold. And then his side his sidekick goes, Wow. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's great. Um I gotta I gotta go reload myself. Yeah. <clears throat> so <clears throat> Yeah. yeah Enough of me back on a couple things though um, that I've had on my phone for a minute. When looking at the draft order, um, you know teams that would be more desirable to trade with because they have a higher pick. Uh, Carolina's number eight, Denver's number nine, Dallas is number ten. So those would be you know the ideal hmm. spots to trade with. And if you start talking about teams like Washington or the Colts who are both really seem to need a quarterback. Washington's 19 and the Colts are 21. 21. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I mean, if you're going to pick that low in the first round, you're going to need, I would think something in the first or second round next year also. Yeah. So that's why, yeah. If you look at Indy, they might be like, eh, we're picking at 21. Like, cool. You can have it. We, you know, our, our division's there for the taking. And if we have to give up 21 this year and then, you know, Maybe it's twenty five next year, right? Yeah, so be it. It's Subo in the first round. Yep, exactly. Yeah. So I mean, it's basically a it's a high second round pick for a team that sucks. But mm-hmm. yeah, it, yeah, you, it really does depend on God. What what are they going to get offer wise for him? Because they're, I think that the the nice thing that for the Lions is that like. Yeah, Deshaun Watson's out there, and he he's probably he could become available, but, but like that price is going to be. Yeah, but Houston's going to hold any Houston's going to hold anybody ransom for that. Yeah, yeah so they, they might view Safford as you know a little bit cheaper option, but also you're not paying him as much. He's you know I, Watson, I think, is a better quarterback, and I'd rather have him as my quarterback than Stafford. But for the price you have to give up, the salary you have to pay, Stafford, you're not. It seems like a better yeah. Idea. You're you're not going to set your organization back by dealing a first rounder this year, or next year, to, to you know to yeah, try and win now. After. Yeah, and I'll, you know I, I heard the talk of three first round picks plus some plus other picks. three yeah. three second rounders. I mean, I don't even know how many teams have GMs that would have the you know that the thumbs up from the owner to start dealing that many future picks because if that doesn't work, your team is effed. You're firing your GM, and now who wants to come take on that job? That oh, cool! I'm I'm starting a new job. I don't have a first round pick or a second round pick for like the next several years. It's you know a big risk to take, obviously. Yeah, for sure. Um, and then yeah, the other thing I have up here is who has cap space next year. Now, when you look at certain teams, like the Colts, for example, they were paying $25 million to uh, Phil Rivers. So taking on Stafford, I don't even think would really affect them that much because he's not going to make much more than that. But they have the third most cap yeah. space at $68 million. Just yeah, they've got a ton they of cap space. Him, they paid Rivers $25 million? Yep. One year, $25 yep. million. Wow. Yep. Let me saw a Hall of Fame quarterback. Yeah, I get top, it. Top five all time. And wow. Yeah, I mean that's that's what that's the going rate. I mean, what, what was Stafford's salary last year? Thirty. 
Uh, yeah, I think in the next two years, it's only going to be like 45 it's, total between two years. It's less. It's less the next two years, but he was making I, in the third, like somewhere around 30 last year and this year, and he hasn't even fucking won a division championship. Rivers has been in the AFC championship game. Um, what about, uh, oh shit, I'm sorry. I, I thought, I thought I just hit the name just escaped me. Oh, what did anybody know? And I'll maybe I'll look it up. What Tom Brady made this year? Oh, he he got paid. Yeah, I don't think it was. It was that probably crazy though, relative to. It was in the. Tw- it was around twenty. It was probably around twenty. Yeah, which when you talk about some other like Deshaun Watson's getting paid like forty million, isn't he? Yeah. What was what was uh, Dak Prescott thirty five on a one year or franchise or whatever. Uh, let's see. Let bring it up he got thirty-one point four million on a franchise tag. Okay. For Dak, Brady, Brady has a two-year, fifty million dollar contract. It doesn't say. I, I haven't got that far. Maybe, maybe twenty-five a year, whatever. Yeah, yeah you don't know, and you don't know. Cap ten space quarterbacks and... are making more than that for sure. Yeah. See, so that's like crazy to me. Yeah. I mean. I know he's old. He's forty three or whatever, but I mean, he's in the Rod- championship game in the first year of the team. Roger Ro- Rogers probably makes more. Mahomes, Russell Wilson, uh, um, yeah, the top ten here. So Mahomes makes forty five. Watson thirty nine. Russell Wilson thirty five. Big Ben and Jared Goff and Aaron Rodgers all make thirty four. Wow. Then you start getting into wow. some quarterbacks that aren't even that good making more than 30. Kirk Cousins, 33. Yeah. Carson, Carson Wentz, 32. And Matt Ryan, 30. Wow. So, Kirk I mean, you get Cousins Stafford at $33. Yep. Yep. Oh, my God. He signed all the, he signed like, he did like, he got franchise tagged by Washington like two times. And he had great years both, both times. Um, and yeah. then Washington or Minnesota, um, they had t- Teddy Bridgewater got hurt at the beginning of the season. They rolled with Case Keenum. They ended up going to the NFC title yeah. game, and then they threw a like a hundred million dollars at Kirk Cousins. I think his oh, contract was like six years, like ninety three, or sorry, three years, three years, hundred million. Yeah, yeah. What other what other Spartan players have had a career like that? Um, quarterback. A quarterback. I mean, I don't. I don't think. I don't think any Spartan players made more than Cousins. There's probably no. Well, I mean, like obviously, like Le'Veon Bell. Le'Veon Bell had a. I mean, he was a stud for a few years, but he plays running back. They just don't last. Yeah, um, as much as quarterbacks. I guess I, when you think about like the guys that have come out of Michigan State and the guy, you know, people that we've watched, you know, I just didn't think that Cousins was going to be the guy that was going to be making thirty-four million dollars. Well, yeah, he was drafted, million. but you know like what? The fourth round, Washington drafted RG three, and then took first Cousins overall in the fourth round or something, and he ended up being the right. Yeah, and I mean, yeah. it's that's incredible. Player. Like, what do you what do you think? Uh, what do you think is going to happen in Green Bay with with Aaron Rodgers? Do they have another quarterback coming up behind him? They drafted some guy uh, Jordan Love last year. Yep. Okay. But they, you know, with Rodgers, how many years did he sit behind Brett Favre? Two or three? Yep. So yeah, that, two I or mean, three. I, I can't imagine, you know, considering their 
in the NFC Championship game and have a chance to go to the Super Bowl here. They're not going to be in a hurry to get rid of Rodgers if he's still productive. And no. Good. No, I know, but I mean, like, he's, he's, I mean, he's older than Stafford. I mean, and, you know, uh, yeah, yeah, but, yeah, he's but he's getting much, up there. But he's much better. So, yeah, he's generational you know, talent. He's always been better and still is. Yeah, yeah no, I, no question. No question. He's a, he's a, he is a much better, he's a much better player than Stafford. He's he's elite. He's one of the top quarterbacks in the league. Ever not? Yeah, step. Yeah. But like yeah, Aaron, how, Aaron Rodgers. How lucky, how lucky are the are the Green Bay Packers that number one they went from you know Bar- Favre to uh, Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers, and and the fact that like I remember I remember watching that draft, and that Aaron Rodgers just kept falling and falling and falling and falling. Yep. It was just like. He was getting frustrated, yep. and it was like, and then he was there, and then they, they were able to draft him. He's he's arguably, I mean, he's he's every bit as good as Favre was. Yeah, I mean, yeah. the only knock you could have so far is that he's only won one, one Super one, Bowl. But, been to, been but to one, sure. only been to one Super Bowl, yeah. Yep. Sure. Favre went to two. He's excellent. He, yeah. They, they've... They were they're just they're just unbelievably fortunate that they went from Favre to Rogers. Yeah, fortunate or just good management. Or both, maybe both. Little, yeah. you know, probably both. Yeah, but yeah, it definitely they got lucky that he fell that far, and they were sitting there at like you know probably twenty two or something. Yeah, and that that draft that was, was like twenty five for a lot of teams. Let's see, uh, I got it here. He was twenty fourth pick in two thousand five draft. 24. Yeah, uh, yeah, he was. If you recall, the Lions took USC wide receiver Mike Williams. Mike Williams. Mike Williams. That they, yeah. the, didn't they trade up to get him too? No. No, I don't think so. But the next pick was Demarcus Ware. Yep. And then Sean he had an Aaron. awesome. That, was Mike awesome Williams career. their first pick or was it their second pick? Uh, he was the 10th, 10th overall pick. So yeah. it was the tenth overall. Okay, yeah. all right. And this this was after they took Roy Williams in the first round in two thousand four, and they took Charles Rogers yeah. in two thousand three. Right, Jeff? Yep, that's exactly right. And this was the year when the running backs you had three running backs in the top five of this draft: Ronnie Brown, Cedric yeah, but, Benson, and Cadillac Williams. Wow! But and didn't didn't Mike Williams have some sort of injury or something? No, like that? he sat. He didn't play. He sat out. He sat out for a year because he, he was sat, only okay. a. Because he wasn't eligible the year before, so he was like, "I'm gonna." He pulled, you know, him, it was him and uh, the other guy that did that tried to do that was Maurice Claret, and he was like, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna go and I'm gonna get drafted. I don't care. I'm not coming back to college." And it was like, "Dude, the rules are the rules." So, like, I'm sorry. So they got drafted, and then they had to sit. No, they didn't get drafted because they couldn't. The NFL players, the NFL teams, couldn't sign them. Yeah, they, oh. they weren't far enough out of high school to be eligible for the draft, but they thought they could pull it off and couldn't, so they just sit out a whole year. They were gonna. They were. I mean, didn't Claret take it? Take NFL to court and stuff like that. Like, yeah, I think it was messy. Yeah, I'm. I'm glad. Looks like it worked out well for both of them taking that that strategy. <clears throat> yeah. Well, Mike Williams got drafted tenth overall. I'm sure he made a shit ton of money because. That's back yeah. then when you, you 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 got drafted that high, you're getting a ton of money on your first contract. Yeah, yeah. So, well, you know, it's funny because we always thought like we kind of got screwed where Stafford was like one of the last quarterbacks to get drafted when rookies got paid a lot, and then after that they started like a rookie scale. 
Yeah. Um, and, and this might have been a lot of money back, you know, when Stafford was drafted. Um, but let me, his first contract, now looking at it, does not seem like it was that bad, really. But this is it was probably 50 million, million, right? Let's see here. Let me see if I can find it real quick. But yeah, like now, you know, now quarterbacks making 30 million doesn't seem that crazy. But I think he was only making like 12 million a year for his first several years. Yeah, it was like a, a, a four year, it's like, it, it's like a four year, $50 million deal. Yeah. And for some reason at the time, I remember it being like a huge, it was six years, seven yeah. million. So it was 12. That was his first con. Yep. Wow. So, I mean, it, and maybe at the time, I don't, I'd have to compare it to what other players were making, other quarterbacks were making, but. You know, Sam Bradford got drafted the year before and he got paid a ton too. Mm-hmm. Or maybe it was the year after. Was it the year after? Was I think it was Sam Bradford and. He went to Oklahoma Sam and he, was at, he played in the Ram, uh, Rams for a while. Yeah, he got drafted by the Rams because he got drafted. Oh, that's right. He got drafted first overall and then the Lions yeah. drafted Sue number two. Yeah. Yeah. That does Wasn't there like a lot of like comparison between, uh, you know, Bradford and Stafford for a period of time? Uh, um, I don't know. That's a good question. Maybe. Bradford had a lot of like, injuries. <clears throat> yeah. And they were like talking about maybe the Lions should take Bradford if he's there, you know, and then obviously that didn't happen. So then they ended up with Stafford like the following year, right? It was the next year. No. Stafford, Stafford was, was drafted in 2009. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Bradford then yep. stayed. Uh, I got to go back and look at that. Bradford was 2010. Yep. So 2007, the Lions drafted Calvin Johnson second overall. 2008, I fucking I could not tell you who they picked, but I know 2009 was who they picked. Stafford first overall, and then Sue was second overall in 2010, and then 11 they drafted fairly at like 10 or 11. Um, 2008, we were probably near the top. Uh, oh man, this is a name you have not heard in a long time. The number seven, oh. Gazer Sherless. Oh, the lineman from fucking Penn State. Yeah. Oh, Gazer Sherless. Oh. And then, well, in 2009, they drafted Brandon, Brandon Pettigrew in the first round because that's that was the draft pick they got from the Cowboys. Yeah, we got the Cowboys' first round pick when we traded a Roy Williams to him. Yeah, we got a first and a third. Yeah, that's right. Brandon Pettigrew, that was another great tight end. Yeah. Yeah, there'll be a block. What do you think of Hawkinson? Not a first round pick. Hawkinson? Yeah, what do you, what do you think? I mean, what do you it's, think? It's, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, I asked you first. Say, <laughs> at eight, right. at eight. I mean, at eight, that's the problem. Yeah, is how high you picked him. But yeah, he's been yeah. good. But I mean, if you look at like the the you know tight ends in the NFL this year, there was obviously a lot of injuries when you know George Kittle went down and Ertz was injured a lot. Yeah, didn't do much. But Hawkinson had the third most yards for tight ends. In the whole NFL. Yeah. Like he had the most behind, for an NFC tight end. He was only behind Waller and Kelsey, but I bet they were a lot more than him. Uh, yeah, Kelsey had double the yards, and Hawkinson was third amongst tight ends. Hawkinson yeah. had 723. Kelsey was 1,416. Yeah. But if you look, yeah, Hawkinson had 723. The next highest in the NFC was uh, Logan Thomas on football team. 
with 670. So, And a lot of those were probably towards the back half of the season because he wasn't really a big part of their offense um, until they kind of started to move away from Haskins and got Alex Smith um, acclimated because there was a stretch there, man. The last month or two of the season, he was fucking balling out. And Logan Thomas, Andy, he's he, that's in a familiar name, right? Why is it a familiar name? He was on the Lions for years. Oh, okay. Quinn drafted him. He was a quarterback in college. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So that's very memorable for me. I don't. I don't somebody know. that they waived, probably. Oh yeah. Who was the guy, Who was the receiver in uh, Philadelphia that had a stretch there where he was ridiculous? Oh shit. Oh yeah. Fulgham. Yeah, Travis. Uh, Travis Fulgham. Yeah. Travis Fulgham. Or could we have drafted Kittle, but we took another tight end instead of Kittle in the third round that year? Yeah, there. Yeah, there was something where like he was there. We took. Yeah, we took Roberts from fucking Toledo. Yeah, Brian Roberts. We're looking at yeah, and tight ends right here. George Kittle was a top ten tight end. He was number nine in yards, and he only played eight games. Oh my god! He played eight games. He was number nine receiving tight end in the NFL. Yeah, I mean, it's just, you know, fantasy football this year, tight tight end was an absolute pit. Yeah, it's um, really, I you, mean, two. If you didn't have, two, go ahead. Yeah, Waller and Kelsey had a, almost 1,200 and 1,400 yards. Then nobody else had more than 723 for Hawkinson. That's quite a drop off. Yeah, yeah, unbelievable. Um, but yeah, I, I kind of want to get back to the Lions here for a second because now that there is Jeff, when did they announce that Anthony Lynn was going to be their uh, OC? Was it before? Was it before? Five minutes. I saw it five minutes after the Stafford thing. I'll have to check to see like if there was anything official. I'm like scrolling through Twitter real quick here, but I saw the Schefter thing first, and then. It seemed like two or three minutes later, saw the Lynn part come out. Okay. But, so, all right. I, I need to, okay. Cause that, that was, there's something else that's coming down the line for coming in. That's in the pipeline as far as announcement coming for the um, Lions. So this guy, Tom Pelissero, who's a reporter for NFL network, he said, so he tweeted out sources. The Lions had, and Matthew Stafford have mutually agreed to part ways this offseason, and the team will begin exploring trade options in the coming weeks for their star QB. Matt Derry retweeted this with a reply, and he said, not a surprise, and no, this is not what I was discussing earlier today. More announcements coming, hashtag Lions. So he had mm-hmm. tweeted out. Yeah. He, had t- he had tweeted out today that um, – Oh, what did he say? He didn't say what it was. He didn't obviously like make the announcement, but he said. I saw a tweet uh, just before we started this thing that he put out that said, it's not about the, what I have to talk about. It's not about Calvin Johnson. It says hearing that the lions may have some pretty big front office news coming, coming soon. Stay tuned. And what time was that? That was at eight, eight hours ago. Oh, okay, so that was yeah, that was a while ago. Because the first tweet I see about Anthony Lynn being hired was at yeah, he said that's not yeah five forty six yeah. p.m. Dan Graziano yeah. tweeted that out yeah that Lynn was the offensive coordinator yeah, so he's not um, 
So there's still something else coming out. And I have a feeling it might have something to do with Spielman's role. Hmm. Yeah, to make him like assistant GM, or could he be part of the, you know, the, the is he going to be hired it, is really about he's his experiences with the draft. So, right, you know, maybe they'll tie Spielman in with, uh, you know, possibly like trades or free agents somewhere in that. Part is of the is he picture. is 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 Spielman the VP of football operations, and he's sitting just under Rod Wood? Yeah, and anybody just be like, hey, listen, your job is to trade Stafford, get as much as you can for him. Yeah, <laughs> so it's really like we're going to trade Stafford now, but our new GM has no experience in trading, in signing. Yeah, so it's only about the draft. It's all all about scouting and 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 scouting player development, players. right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, drafting players. Yeah, and that's um, that's funny that you mentioned that because there was a basically this was an article that came out when like Campbell was announced. And Brad Holmes was announced as the the GM. It said, in order to get the GM job, I can't remember who wrote this, but I think it was somebody maybe from The Athletic. I can't remember the source, so I apologize. I'm not plagiarizing. I just don't know who it was. It says, in order to get the GM job closer to a true scouting job, the Lions are putting VP Mike Disner in charge of much of the football operations end of things, which means homes won't have to worry about managing areas like travel, nutrition, training, and equipment. And Disner, Holmes, and the new coach. So this was before, yeah, it says presumably Saints assistant Dan Campbell. So it's before they hired Dan Campbell. We'll all report to Lions president Rod Wood. That'll make Disner's job description mirror Rams VP, Tony Pastor's job description, and Holmes mirror Sneed's with Wood in the role of Rams COO Kevin DeMoff. So maybe, yeah, maybe, uh, maybe, maybe uh, Spielman's going to be their COO. Yeah, it's a little concerning to me that we last time said, "Hey, let's try to do what the Patriots did, but just promote everybody a step higher." Are we doing that now with what the Rams had before and just elevating people and trying to do their system? Because really, their offensive, their coaching system, you know, McVay is for sure an offensive coach. They, yeah, I don't know who their defense coordinator is now. They had Wade Phillips for a while, but he almost had nothing to do with the defense, and he just ran the offense basically. I, I wonder if they're going to have you know Campbell run the offense basically, and then you know somewhat oversee the decision making. It's going to be interesting to see there. I it, it it feels like with Campbell, um, it's gonna he's gonna. It almost feels like he's going to be the CEO on the field, right? Where like he's got his lieutenants and you know Anthony Lynn's the offensive coordinator and Aaron Glenn's the DC, and they're gonna he's going to have his his philosophy of what he wants the team to do, and then have them execute it. But yeah, I don't, I don't see him like calling the play. He might say like, "Hey, let's run a fake punt here," or you know, it's yeah. one. Hey. What's what play action pass play do you want to run here? But not like actually deciding what plays to run. To yeah, he's going to call overall decision. But yeah, run, run, pass, punt, field goal, extra point, two point. Yes, yeah, stuff like that. Right? Make exactly. Not decide the play. Kind of. You know, or, the, the goal hopefully is to have like a you know Andy Reid Eric Bieniemy relationship where Reid makes right. the decisions, but then he says, "Hey, you know." You call the play. Yes, yeah, third and one. We have Chad Henney at quarterback. 
we're not just running up the middle. You figure out a pass play that for sure is going to work, and then that's you know the play that they call. Right, and then and then you know defensively maybe he's calling pressure or blitz or maybe there's certain packages that they're going to have out there with three or four man rushes. I don't know what their scheme's going to be. Um, but <clears throat> yeah, this is a little bit, a little bit different and I guess they're shaking things say, up. Yeah. One thing we can say for certain, if the Lions trade Stafford, they're going to be very bad this year. Oh, there, dude. Is, there is no way yeah. they win five games. I would be if Stafford is not their quarterback and they win five games, I would be shocked. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Wait till the Vegas, uh, the Vegas uh, uh, projections come out. Because yeah. like, yeah, Chase Daniel did not do very much, uh, and whether it's no. a rookie or or whatever they end up doing at quarterback, but. You know, I think Daniel probably they'll probably he'll probably start out and depending on who they draft, um, you know it, this is one I mean and this is one of those things where it's pretty obvious now that um, they're probably going to be going after a QB, yeah, and they, they're they're yeah, going to be looking to draft. Yeah, either this year or just wait or tank and wait till next year. Really, would be the choices. Yeah, and I think. Right now, the top player on the on everybody's the top QB for next year's draft is the guy from Carolina, Sam Howell. Right? Yeah, I think so. I, I haven't looked too much at the twenty twenty two two drafts class, but yeah, it'll be interesting. Um, Depending how the you know, but it's almost for sure that Jacksonville is going to take Lawrence, and then the Jets at number two. You know, they take They're probably going to take an old or a tackle. It's you know tough to know. The, the the lineman from Oregon. We know Cincinnati's not drafting a quarterback, so really you're looking at those top those top three spot those top four spots. So if the Jets take us take a lineman and keep Darnold, the Bengals are going to go somewhere else. They're not going to draft a quarterback. No. Um, so you could potentially maybe look at Cincinnati and say, "Hey, you're in a rebuild. Uh, let's we'll move up. You know, you you get seven and fifteen, and we'll move up to three, and we can get Fields." But a lot of drafts right now, a lot of mock drafts right now have Fields dropping past the Lions. Well, and I think Atlanta is ahead of Cincinnati in the draft. Looking here, I got the Dolphins at three, Atlanta four, Cincinnati. Oh. You're right. Well, since you would, had a tie, put that's right. Away. They had the tie with Philly. You got to wonder if the Falcons so they, are committed to Matt Ryan or not, or if they have a quarterback they like. Yeah, you know, that's that's an interesting spot because they do have they still have Julio, they still have Calvin Ridley. Um, are they going to try and retool that defense and see if they can yeah, be competitive? And I would think they could still yeah you know, hang around in that division with Matt Ryan, but. Yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking too. Sure. And the Eagles, I don't see taking a quarterback either at six. They might no, just stick it out with Hurts, and they have Wentz anyways. You're not going to get another quarterback in that mess. So, and, and yeah, you know, another thing we haven't talked about too is, you know, there seems to have quarterbacks that they're probably not really in love with. That you know, do we look at trying to get, you know, if we trade Stafford, do we try to get a Sam Darnold or a Carson Wentz? Right. It's, you know, I think a possibility if you're not going to go the rookie route this year, depending on how the draft goes. Yeah. I mean, 
I don't know, from where I'm sitting, if Fields is there at seven and um and we don't have to move up to get him, you you gotta take him, right? Yeah, I mean the biggest concern, you know, looking at Ohio State quarterbacks lately, they do really well in that Urban Meyer, Ryan Day system. Yeah. With the yeah, good, days you know, of, receivers outside and the good running game with Dobbins and all that, but you know, we, we saw what Haskins was even before that with JT Barrett and Cardale Jones. You know, they had guys that looked really good in college. Is Fields in that same mold, or is he, you know, on the Kyler Murray track of you know NFL? I see. When I see Justin Fields, I see Kyler Murray, Russell Wilson, and that's really what moves the pants, right? Yeah, that that would that would get a rise in the Levi's, that's for sure. <laughs> oh man. That's awesome. But I get what you're saying. Haskins though seems to be is more of just like the the person, not the player. Yeah, like he's an idiot. It's not just about his yeah. ability. Yeah. His work ethic. Um Yeah. He, yeah. Spent more time in doing, the club than on the practice field. Do it, yeah. Doing stuff off the, yeah. Doing stuff like that off the field, off the field stuff. Um, JT Barrett. I mean, I think a lot of people. Yeah, no. Respect. When he he was a system guy in, in college, it seemed like. And and I think you can look at his injury too and say that that maybe limited him his upside potential because didn't he tear his ACL against Michigan or something? He had a really bad injury um, his freshman year and he just was never the same. Because uh, I remember like he when he came forever. in, he was there forever. It seemed like. Oh, he yeah he he was the starter for he was there for like five years, um. But yeah, I mean, I know he didn't really play much for Ohio State, but Joe Burrow was there too. Um, and I mean he I mean he wasn't really projected to go he wasn't projected to go high either, but he had a ridiculous year at, at you know he won LSU. the national championship in the Heisman. I'm sorry, yeah, LSU. It was like an all-time. He had like fifty touchdowns, and the yards were off the charts. And you know, yeah, I mean, he good, he, good skill players there too. But yeah, I mean, he was probably he was he wasn't projected as a first-round pick, and he shot all the way, all the way up to number one. Mm-hmm. Yep. So I mean, it's just so you hard never know. What... I I really can't figure out how much is are these GMs actually good at their job, or like how much luck is involved when you look at. You know, you could, they grade a draft after it happens, and then you look at it five years later, and you're like, "How did this draft fall this way when we know now what we do?" I, I mean, right. a lot of and I, evaluating the players, but there's, I feel like there's so much luck involved if you know a player develops and ends up being great, or just ends up being terrible and a bust. I, I think there's more luck involved than than skill, really, when it comes to draft drafting in the NFL. And I think that. You're absolutely you're absolutely right. And I think that analytics has kind of come into has come into play a little bit more now where um you know teams are gonna look at okay, you know, quarterbacks that have been had success in the NFL statistically, what what is the highest percentage of them? Where are they drafted? You know, is it is it the top third of the first you know, is it first round? In in the first, if it's the first round, where in the first round is it? Is it a top fifteen? Is it top ten? Um, so things like that. Actually, Valeni was talking about that. You know, I don't know how long ago, but he was like, 
most of your you're like you're not if you if you if you're drafting a franchise quarterback you're not waiting until the second round to do that you know that's that's happening somewhere in the first round somewhere within the top 10 to 7 picks is where that these guys are tradition traditionally drafted outliers being Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, Tom Brady, um I guess to an extent Mahomes cuz wasn't Mahomes like 12th or something 12th, like that yeah. Yeah, you can bring up like a handful of examples in 20 years. But for the most part, these guys are drafted in the top three or the top five of these drafts. Even those guys drafted in the top of the drafts aren't always, you know, there's a lot of busts in the top of the draft, whether it's Jamarcus Russell or RG3. Um, Even, I mean, Andrew Luck wasn't technically a bust, but he didn't last long. Yeah, he was really good. How many seasons did he play? Six? He drafted 2012, number two overall, and he retired, what, 2018 or 19? So he has yeah, six or like seven, seven years. years. Yeah. And if you look at the, um, you know, looking back to like some drafts even a couple years ago, if you look at like the draft that it had, you know, the Jets took Sam Darnold and the Bills Baker. got Josh Allen. Yeah, Baker. so Baker what? went one, Sam Darnold went three, Josh Allen went seven. Now, is Josh Allen a better quarterback than Sam Darnold? Yes, at right now he is. But if the Jets had taken Josh Allen and Sam Darnold went to Buffalo, I I don't know who would be the better quarterback right now because would Josh Allen have even survived with the Jets? Right. He was more of a running quarterback really coming out of college. So I right. have, you know, taken too much of a pounding at being, you know, behind the Jets offensive line to where he, I don't even think he would develop to what he is today if he was on the Jets instead of the Bills. So it's not even about but the player necessarily; it's about the team that they're they're on also. But if you're looking, if you're looking back at it now, and you're saying you're Cleveland, you're like, we took Baker number one four, three or four years ago, whatever it was, and and you you ended up winning a, a playoff game and beating Pittsburgh. Would you be you look back and then be like, yep, success, right? Like mm-hmm. good pick. Yeah, Same with Buffalo. Too. But is Josh Allen better than Baker? I'd I'd probably take Josh Allen right oh, now. Oh, absolutely, hundred percent. Yeah. So yeah, that's the other part of it is like, okay, where did we go wrong in our evaluation of these players? Because if we we should pro- looking at it now, we should have taken Josh Allen. Yeah, but it's really hard to compare. Arguably, to Baker went yeah. to Oklahoma. You know, Josh Allen was at Wyoming, which right Mount West. Know, he might have had some great gains and some great you know great stats on paper, but. It's hard to evaluate and compare guys when they're playing against different levels of talent. And yeah, and Baker won a Baker won a high. Yeah, he won Baker won a high. He had the pedigree, exactly. the hardware. And then you could say too, you know, he had a better supporting cast around him with the you know the receivers at Oklahoma, Hollywood Brown. So yeah, there's just so so many things to factor in and compare. It's it's almost impossible to you know compare. It is. What to do when it comes to draft? Yeah, it, and it is. You know, the top of the draft. You know, if you're the third pick, you have three peak guys written down on your paper, and you're saying, unless somebody gives me a huge trade offer, I'm taking one of these three guys. But when you get later in the round, there's so many moving parts, and oh god, I mean, you know, the stress of a fantasy football draft when you have another pick coming around in like eight picks. NFL draft, you make a pick, you have to sit there and watch thirty other guys get taken before you get to pick again. So that's yeah. Totally different animal. Yeah. 
Exactly. And also in that same draft, by the way, the Couldn't last agree pick more. of the first round was Lamar Jackson. Yeah, see? Yeah. Shit. Draft, I mean... you, had ba- you had Baker number one, Sam Darnold number three, Josh Allen number seven, uh, number 10, Josh Rosen to Arizona. Wow. And then number 32, Lamar Jackson to Baltimore. Who went two? Was it a D-line? Was two, it a, no, uh, oh. two was Saquon. Oh, Barkley. Yep. And then and four Cleveland, was Cleveland Denzel, Denzel Ward. Ward. Yep. They had yeah, one in the corner. Yeah. I I was surprised. I thought that they were going to draft um, Bradley Chubb from Georgia. I think he went like, yeah. But, hey, they nailed that pick. Denzel Ward is awesome. He's a, he's a pro bowler. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah. It'll be interesting to see what the Lions do. I'm glad that they're finally taking this step. Hopefully they can get a some some uh, premium picks because they only got five this year. If they could get another first rounder and then possibly a quarterback, that'd be awesome. Yeah, let's go quarterback and defense in the first round this year would be ideal. Yeah, what do you think of the? Well, what do you think of the the Dan Campbell hire and the the DC and OC hires? Uh, I mean, up until today, I wasn't feeling very good about it. Now that they have a experienced offensive coordinator, I feel a little bit better. The who has is, head coach has, has head yeah. coaching experience too. Yeah, yeah, and that's that's an important part too because you know the things that we didn't like about Caldwell were you know the late game decisions where it was you know Aaron Rodgers hail mary and he was anticipating a pass back and forth type of thing. <laughs> you know, you you're, you got to know how far Aaron Rodgers can throw a football. That's like part of, like, they're just either in your mind or on a piece of paper being like, hey, it's fourth down. They're at their own 35. Can Aaron Rodgers throw a football 65 yards? He can. Okay, so then we got to be ready for a Hail Mary. And like yeah. certain little nuances like that at the end of a game or like, you know, there was one play where they had, uh, I forget, I think it was against Seattle where their guy like kicked the ball out of the back of the end zone on purpose. And that's and he batted the ball. Or bat, yeah. batted ball. There's like really specific things that you have to know and have to be thinking about like really quick spur of the moment. So to have, you know, Anthony Lynn in there, not only as the offensive coordinator, but to be like another brain thinking about those obscure rules and the timing of things and all that is an important step. Cause a first time head coach has never had, you know, his job before was to focus on, was it a tight ends coach? So, I mean, he was yeah. focusing on what his guys were supposed to be doing, not the decision making of what Sean Payton was doing in New Orleans. So, uh, right, pretty managing, up, managing up until today. Yeah, yeah, and just managing yeah. the whole game and the whole team and the decision making, the end of game. Because so they had experienced guy. So yeah, because they had they had said the entire time throughout this process, and even before it began, that they were looking for a head coach who had experience. So that's when you saw the names like Marvin Lewis coming through and you're like, okay, we're probably getting a retread. Um, and they ended up going up, going with Dan Campbell. And I, you know, I don't know if the plan all along was they knew Anthony Lynn was going to be out and they were going to hire him, but like that kind of just fell in their lap. It seems like, right. Where it's like, Oh, perfect. We get an experienced head coach and he's our coordinator. Yeah. And it's really, like I said, just the perfect spot to have, not only the guy calling the offensive plays, but has the experience. And, you know, did he do a man in the side? 
manning yeah. the sideline. Yeah, and what w- he was um, the Chargers coach last year was that right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And, and their mean, their roster was dec- decimated with injuries. Yeah, and they had you know their starting quarter. They were ready to have Tyrod Taylor be their starting quarterback, and then he gets an injection and gets a lung puncture, and all of a sudden it's like, oh, rookie, you're in. So yeah, I mean, to to have a, lost- you know a rookie quarterback in who wasn't really all that desirable coming out of the draft. I mean, a lot of people really didn't think that Herbert was going to be that great. And he had a, for a rookie, he had a really good year. I thought. Oh, he was awesome. I mean, they are set up like gold. Um, I mean, they, they lost Austin Eckler for like eight weeks. Nick Bosa got hurt like the first or second game of the season. I mean, that guy is an elite pass rusher. Right. And they lost, um, God, what's his name? Derwin James. I think he's like a outside linebacker, pass rusher too. So like, you know, they're losing. You know, you lose players like that on your defense. You can't. It doesn't matter who you have behind them. There's nobody that good. Yeah. You know, you can't replace those guys. It's like it's like. Um, or I'm sorry, not Nick Bosa, Joey Bosa. Joey Bosa. Yep. Yeah, and Nick Bosa, I think, got hurt in San Francisco too. Yeah, he did. Yep. So yeah, you lose guys like that. I mean, that's that's devastating. So yeah, it, it, I I definitely feel a lot better about it too. I definitely I definitely liked what Campbell had to say. There were some clips of him. You, this he's a pretty emotional guy. Um, I mean, he went into the practice facility. They had clips of him and. You can just tell that, you know what, he's, whether it works out or not, just up front right now, like he's really happy to be in Detroit and he's really excited to get going and he cares a lot about the organization. I mean, he went into the, like, the practice facility mm-hmm. and was like emotional and was like, he was in the, he, it was like him and, and Sheila and Rod Wood and he was just like, thank you so much for this opportunity. Like, you could tell he was a little overwhelmed. Um, yeah. So, at least you get to see a guy like that. Now, who who knows how that's going to translate? Yeah, it concerns me a little bit too because if things start going south early, which is likely to happen, especially if Stafford's not there, you know, if you have the players buy into this mentality of like we're we're going, you know, a thousand percent effort all the time, as long as right. the players buy into that, it, it goes well. If you start getting to the point where, you know, the team's not doing well and guys are maybe not putting forth their best effort, it, it can turn south quickly. We kind of saw that with Jim Schwartz, especially where he was a, um, you know, really fiery coach and really passionate guy. And then. Yeah. He was kind of a red ass though. I don't know if Campbell doesn't seem like a red ass. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's hard to say. He definitely had the, yeah. the energy mentality in the press conference, but we don't know what he'll be like with, you know, the players. So I saw. So I saw him on the – I saw a clip of him when he was in Miami. You know, granted, this is a while ago, but he was – I don't know if he was in charge of coaching tight ends or wide receivers or what his position was, but he – like, just the way his coaching style was. Like, he was in your face, and he was like, you need to – like, he was just like, you need to be better. You need to – when you're – you know, I don't want to see you standing around. Like, you need to block somebody. And then, like, the, there's a clip of, like, the next play, this, this player doing that. He was – just he found somebody to block and he blocked him and he he was really he was really excited and really encouraging and um, I thought that was you know good to see and it wasn't like you know 
it didn't seem like he was too high or too low on the guy, but he was also like, you could tell he was coaching him. Um, he was expressing that he was upset that he didn't like the way he was playing, but he wasn't like berating the player. Um, you know, I think that was probably an issue with Patricia, but I think like you were saying, as far as like losing the locker room, when you're going to, you know, you're going to be losing a lot. I think the, I think as long as your, your message is clear up front, like, look, I know we're not going to be good. Um, well, I don't know if you can go in and say that as a coach. I don't know. Um, but he, he, he came out as much to say it in his press conference that the roster stinks, basically. He put it a lot more nice. You know, he put it more nicely than that. But Yeah, especially on the defense. He's like, there's – I forget the exact quote, but – Yeah, he, it, he was he like – implied that there's a lot of improvement that needs to be – he said defensively, there's not a lot that fires me up there. Yeah, it's um, not very, and there's really not a ton on offense. Yeah, there's. I mean, yeah, especially on defense, there's a couple guys, and then you know the other questions offensively. Do we know who our wide receivers are next year? Other than uh, yeah, Cephas, that I think that's the only receiver that's under contract right now is the receiver out of uh, Minnesota. Was it Cephas? Wisconsin. Oh, Wisconsin, Cephas. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. He's the only. We yeah. don't. We don't know about Galladay. We don't know about Amendola. Mar- Marvin Jones. Jones. Yeah. yeah. Amendola and Marvin Jones are free agents. Uh, Galladay is as well, but he's a restricted free agent. So they can, yeah. or he yeah, has. Does that mean if somebody they can, signs him, we get a pick or something? Or what does that mean? Yeah. Uh, yeah. He, or we can tag him. Um, yeah. Which I, I think is probably what they'll do. I'm not sure. Um but I mean, we know Stafford doesn't want to stick around for a rebuild. Kenny's a lot younger, obviously. Yeah. But you know, based on how this last year went, where you know he was out, the team didn't think he was going to be out long term because you can put a guy in IR and he's out for three weeks and that frees up a roster spot. And we never did that the whole season. Meaning, no, he was just he, we thought he was, he was questionable. Yeah, we thought yeah. he was coming back. Otherwise, we would have put him on IR for three weeks. At a minute. Right. But we for eight or ten weeks, we just kept thinking he was going to come back and didn't. So it, it leads me to believe that it was more than, you know, the, the physical injury that was causing some problems. But Disgruntled player. Yeah. Well, hopefully the, A distressed the asset. Yeah, but I mean, he, yeah, he's a really good player, but, you know, he's, what is he, third year, fourth year? So he's, he was still on that rookie deal for a third-round pick. So he, yeah, it's an entry-level contract. To me, it was surprising you didn't want to come back and just put up huge garbage time stats just to be able to get a better contract, really. What yeah. I, what I would advise him to do be like, hey, this team's bad, but if you can go out there and catch, you know, six balls for 100 yards every game, that's going to help you get paid next year. Uh, yeah, if for ter- and get you term. So um, he must have really hated us for to not even want to <sighs> do that. Yeah, for sure. Well, you can't blame him playing for those clowns. Patricia, God. Um, but yeah, but yeah, so? yeah, he is. He already has the reports. Are he's already going back to New England? Go back to your hole. What, are, what, sure. what will his role be there? Oh, he'll, he'll be Belichick's uh, right hand man probably again. Yeah, the defensive coordinator. You know, maybe a, a assistant coach, yeah. D line coach, assistant. Yeah, whatever. Good riddance. Is it- is it just me, or did it seem like he was like injured? He himself was like injured 
more time. Didn't he have his knee? Wasn't on he on like a lot of those little knee glider things for a little while? I thought he had some sort of. He like, had. He had. Yeah. He had. He had hip. He had hip surgery or something. I get it. It was just like he had a yeah. boot on for a while. Then he had, yeah. uh, he had crutches, and then he had like yeah. a, I think he did have a little like you know, yeah. The human knee is not not like supposed that. to su- the human knee is not supposed to support a frame like that. I think of it this way: put on, put on a big like boy, a, put on a backpack with like eighty pounds of weights in it, and walk up the stairs, yeah. and do that like every day. Your knees aren't gonna aren't going to last in that scenario. Yeah. The cartilage starts to wear down. Um, yeah, but uh, yeah, back to like the, the what bu- is this anatomy class? The buy, yeah, the buy, the buy-in um, from the players. I think it's, I think when you're, when you're going to be turning over this, a roster like this, I mean, there's going to be the, the, like the, the roster, the way it's structured right now, it's going to be completely different two years from now. You're hoping a lot of those guys are going to be young guys who are trying to learn and develop and be, be part of the foundation that, yeah, there's going to be some growing pains, but you know, we're going to stick with you. You, we just, you know, we need you to stick with us and, and, and play it out. I think that that's gotta be the message, but yeah, I mean, if you're sitting there, this, this is a team that's going to be building towards the, the uptick as opposed to you're on the downswing. You know, or you know, where it's like, all right, like we've had our kind of like not to compare, t- not to get, not to go across sports, but like the Blackhawks right now, like they had their they had their ascension, you know, they won their Stanley Cups, but now their the team is aging. There's not a whole lot there. Their these their veteran players are their contracts are kind of you know kind of uh, they're coming up soon. So like that's a team that's kind of on the downswing as opposed to a team who's like, all right, we're we're going to be rebuilding and hopefully back up on the uptick in a few years. Yeah. And that all, all comes back to drafting, which is why we, the Lions hired the team they did because he's Holmes good at the draft. Yeah. So it's, and that's going to be only way they're going to do it by drafting. Yeah. I mean that this is a a market where you're not going to get big name free agents and you're going to have to overpay. So the way for you to be successful is to build through the draft and allowing him to strictly focus on that. It makes sense, right? Yeah. I think I think that's a smart move. You want to be the Pittsburgh Steelers, basically. Yeah. Yep. Draft, you know, even even they drafted some great players that even left there, like Le'Veon and Antonio Brown, and you know they still end up drafting a guy like T.J. Watt, who's a you know all pro on the defensive side yeah. that wasn't even drafted that high. So I mean, it's maybe better than his brother. Yeah, and that's the only chance the Lions have is drafting. Well, they're not going to get the free agents to come. They're not going to, you know, right. any trades they make, whether it's Stafford or, or anybody else, is going to be for draft picks. So it all just comes down to how well they can draft. Yeah, and a lot of people compare Dan Campbell. That's funny you mentioned the Steelers. A lot of people have compared Dan Campbell to Mike Tomlin. Where, like, he, he never he was never a coordinator. Um wasn't high on the list of like guys you'd think would be the next head coach. Yeah, exactly. And that was a big spot. Yep. They were taking over at Cower. They they had like two yeah. coaches in forty years and then, you know, Cower was done and they Mike Tomlin kind of came out of nowhere and ends up being uh wins the Super Bowl winning coach. Yeah. Yeah. But and went to went took them to two because they won two thousand seven or eight and then they lost to Green Bay in like two thousand ten. 
Yeah. The one they won, was he the coach when they won in Detroit? No, that was Cower. That was Cower. He was it. Yeah, he was the one that they won. They played Arizona. The card. The card. I don't know. I remember that. I don't know where it was at, but it was against Arizona. Yep, I remember. That was a game that was like when. Yeah, that was the game where uh, what's his name? God, who was the defensive player for them? Shoot. Uh, James Harrison. James Harrison had like the ninety-nine yard pick six to end the first yeah. half. Yep, that's right. Yep. Yeah, yeah. That's a crazy game. Um, but yeah, and then he took him. So he's been to two Super Bowls as the head coach, and they lost to Green Bay in 2010. Um, and they've knocked on the door. I mean, obviously, you put if you put Stafford on that roster, they're probably pretty damn good. Yeah. Well, and they, they had some weird – I mean, they won like 10 games in a row, but they legit could not run the ball. Their offense no. was like Big Ben jumping off like four-yard tight end pass, screen pass to the running back. You know, receiver runs a three-yard out. That was like their run game. Just dinking yeah. the whole game, and they've got yeah. Obviously, Claypool is a good receiver. Um, you know, Juju. I don't know if he's that great or not, but well, I J- Claypool and Deontay Johnson; those are the two playmakers on the outside for them. Um, yeah, Juju. I don't. I don't know where, if there's a future for him there, but yeah, you kind of have to look at their offense and say, all right, we probably need a quarterback. We probably need another running back. Maybe they need help on the O line. Tight end is prob. I mean, they got well. They got Ebron, but I mean, he still had a lot of drops. Dropsies, man. And we'll see. You know, Big Ben's um, been there for a long time. They're probably better off if I were them. And I feel like teams are hesitant to do this because it's like a franchise, you know, type of guy that's been there for a long time. But you're you're better off trading a guy. You know, clearly Big Ben is peak. He's not. In, great physical shape yeah. anymore. He's not going to get any better in the next couple of years. If I were them, I'd be, I'd be thinking it's time to move on because you yeah. just hang on to him. You're just going to you watch the slow decline accelerate. So, you know, well, look at the playoff game nice. against. Yeah. Look at the playoff game against Cleveland. I mean, th- yeah, he threw for 500 yards, but he also had three picks and those, those are, you know, those are more indicative in the final score than the 500 yards passing. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, when it comes to, you know, I, I always thought this is, might sound sacrilegious, but I, I feel like the Rebels would have been better off. They held on to Eisman for a really long time. I, yeah. I, I wouldn't have been sad to see us trade him when he still had a little bit of value because, you know, I feel like it could have helped, helped things, you know, prolong even a little bit longer through that stretch because he – you know, was a great goal scorer, then kind of became a great facilitator for a while, and kind of Jeff <laughs> trade Steve Eiserman. Hey, <laughs> I'm like, are you are you are you being hey, serious right now? I, you know, towards the end there, I, when he had some value, so I think it, it might not have been a bad like a bad when goal. like at what point? And I know I know there was the like, value of like he was the captain of the the whole organization. No, I'm, I'm just curious that like after like 2002 or 2003 or like trade him. point do you think they should? <laughs> Andy just perks up. Trade him. Trade him for what? Trade him for what? <laughs> yeah, well, like... <laughs> so after, you know, after 2002, which was our, you know, uh, the all-star New, team, New York, New York Yankees <laughs> squad. Yeah. The, yeah. the all-star nine, team, nine hall yeah. of famers. 
<laughs> just ridiculous. Ridiculous. And then we roster. had what our next our next cup was two thousand eight, which is a completely different style of team at that point because you had the salary cap. When when did they put the salary cap in? It was sometime between two thousand two and two thousand eight. It was 2005, well, they, I think. Yeah, because well, didn't when was the they lost wasn't the entire their, season in 2004, right? Ex, yeah, it was a whole. There's the what do you call it? it? A lockout. The, lockout. Thank you. Like I'm like there was a holdout. There's there, a was hold a, out. there was a stick up. <laughs> these fellow these fellows decided they weren't going to play. <laughs> yeah, lockout. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit. Uh, yeah. Okay, Jeff. So who who have we got for for Stevie? I'm I'm perplexed that you would say that. <laughs> well, uh, I get what he's saying though because the wings, I, but like the, last the wings. Years, he was he kept getting hurt, kind of like hanging around a little bit. I feel like yeah, they could have gotten knee. something for him. He had that knee injury yeah. forever. Yeah, yeah, that, that knee like right at the after end the cup. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it was yeah, like did he retire in the summer? He retired in the summer of two thousand six. I think that that's right. Okay. Yep, he, so, 2006. And, yep, and he said in his thing, he's like, my he just said my knee. He's like, I just uh, I it, I can't do it anymore. Yep. And oh well. Yeah, I don't know. Huh. It might not be the best example, but just guys that have been on the team forever, and the team feels like they can't can't move them because the fans will get mad, or you know, is, is that. A better thing to consider than, you know, trying to get some value for a guy that some other team might want, and where he'll you know just kind of be there but not that great, and you can get some assets for him. Kind of what I'm thinking the Steelers are at this at this point basically. Like he's going to be in a year or two now. He's going to be Big Ben's going to be done. So if they could trade, oh, him, I, I thought I, 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 I think he's done I, now. Yeah, I, I, I'm with Andy on that. I think, I think it's over. For sure, yeah, I think he's. I think he's done. He's the quarterback of a team that just won their division. They won like what? They he, won eleven games this year. He was crying on the sideline, dude. But yeah, I I know. But you can't just look at the record and say, "Oh, they won the division. They're the best." Dude, they struggled mightily down the stretch. Oh, I mean, they, they got they were blasted, fell apart. They got blasted by um, Buffalo. Um, they get they lot they got they got punked by Washington. Um, and then you look at you look at what happened in the playoff game against Cleveland. I mean, they're down twenty eight nothing before you could even like, you know, sit down and crack a beer. Yeah, that was that was crazy. Yeah, I don't, and I don't know what his contract is either. If that's an issue or not, but I think it's. I, mean, I think he. I think. Is yeah. It, is it done? Does he have a year left? I don't. I don't know what. Let's see if I can find that real quick. Uh, let's see. Under this year. In the 2021 season, uh, fifth is it 15 million? Is that right? Oh no, the cap hit is four. Is it 41 million? Am I reading this right? Jesus Christ! Yeah. The 37 million dollar signing bonus they've given this guy. Yeah, see, this is the type Holy of thing I'm talking shit. about. Hanging on to a guy for a little too long. He is. He does have. Him. He is under contract for next season. I mean, he's um, his base salary is four million, but his signing bonus is twelve and a half. So his roster. But what's the cap hit? Bonus. His. Like I'm reading an article right here. For, this is from six days ago. 
His cap hit is $41 million. Oh, yes, my God. $40, $41 million <laughs> cap hit. So they're suffering. Oh, my God. Dude, One year on his contract, wait a minute. $41 million cap hit. But what's his – can't you cut him? And it's like, you know, like because he has a roster bonus. So, like, if he's on the roster, like, whatever it is, like that – the same thing with Stafford. If he's on the roster, like, five – if he's on the roster, like, five days after the new league year starts, he gets that roster bonus. So that's fifteen million dollars. They could cut him, save that fifteen. Maybe, I don't know, man. That's yeah. But I think wow. what happens in the the type of deal they did, the signing they gave him a big signing bonus, and if you cut him, correct that signing bonus counts against your cap. So that's how it goes. Oh. Really? Let's see. They signed him to a two-year, sixty-eight million dollar deal, but thirty-eight million was it of it was guaranteed all as a signing bonus. So if they cut him, all of that signing bonus. Or whatever the priority portion of it counts against the cap, I believe. Dude, his fucking cap hit is forty-one million. His dead cap <laughs> value is twenty twenty-two millions of dead cap space from Ben Roethlisberger. Yeah. So oh man. So when I'm talking about teams hanging on to a guy for a little too long, they did that last year when they signed that contract. Yeah. Because so, now they're screwed. Yeah. Up. And they really didn't have a choice, probably, because they knew Mason Rudolph isn't the guy. Right. But maybe the Green wow. Bay Packers are the smart one. With you know a quarterback in their system, taking Jordan Love's, yeah, yeah, so that you're not handcuffed and you're handing over fifty million dollars to Aaron Rodgers, and he's big. A third, a third of your cap space is eaten up by one player. Yeah, and the problem is like the Steelers were good enough to where I mean they can't draft a quarterback this year. What what, what quarterback? No, the fifth or you know fifth or sixth best quarterback. Yeah, you're getting Kyle Trask. Forget it. It's not even worth it at that point. You may as well just no. try to you stick with Big Ben. Yeah, yeah. Or you stick with Mason Rudolph. Ugh. God. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <Ugh>. <laughs> oh, my God. We're not even fans of the team. Yeah. What's, what are you laughing about, Fountain? Just nothing. Just your, your little snicker there at the end. You just uh, – it, yeah. it, it, it's – yeah, we're not, we don't even. We're not even. We're not even fans of the team, and here we are. Eh, yeah. it's, it's exciting because they've been successful, and we know nothing about that. So I guess it's just uh, our way of kind winning. Of pretending, winning teams. Pretending. Winning teams are a lot more interesting than teams that suck. Oh my god, it's we've talked. I mean, like, look at we we started to talk about the whole reason we did this was to talk about uh, you know Stafford, and we've talked about like like I don't know how many different. Uh, scenarios and players beyond that that are, I mean, they're just more exciting. Well, yeah, we, we, we've, we've talked. We've talked about what teams are we rooting for because the lion, you know, it's week four and the lions stink. You know, we're sitting there. You're talking about Kansas City. Talk about we're, you know, I'm talking about you're Buff, talking about the Buffalo. Bills. Yeah, Cleveland. You know, the yeah, Browns when they started to kind of go on their run. These are historically terrible franchises that have eventually figure it out and we're still just waiting for that to happen. And that you know what? The Andy Reid thing, um he he was let go or left Philadelphia about the same time we let go of Schwartz, right? And I was like, oh dude, if we could get Andy Reid yeah, And I don't you know he couldn't win the Super Bowl though. He got there a couple times and couldn't do it. He, he he went to the four straight NFC title games with the Eagles, and I think he got to one Super, Super Bowl. Bowl. 
Yeah, with Donovan McNabb. With McNabb, and they lost to New England. Um, but yeah, dude, like I remember, I was like, "That's a guy." And we had Stafford, so it was like he's got a court. There's the quarterback. Um, and at the time when he signed with, uh, at the time when he signed a signed with Kansas City, Alex Smith was their quarterback. Or he traded to get Alex Smith from San Francisco. Yep, that sounds right. In Kansas City? Yeah, that's correct. They drafted Mahomes. Alex Smith was a starter still for a year. Yep. Oh, is that right? Yep. Oh, I didn't. I, I, what the fuck am I thinking? I, okay. So Alex Smith was gone from the 49ers before he. I thought he went from the 49ers to. Uh, to Washington, I don't know what I'm. I don't know what I was. Thinking. No, he was with the Chiefs. They were like a playoff team still with him, and then yep. they okay. they made the playoffs. Yeah. Oh, you lost. know what? Not, and they you got know what? Now you him. say that I do remember still that. Now yeah. I do remember that. Do you? Was, You're just saying was, that. No, no, no. I do because <laughs> now I'm trying to remember who who the quarterback would have been for. Was it? Is it Jimmy G? Is he just been the, the guy since Alex Smith left? Well, Kaepernick was there for a while. Okay, so okay, that's that's okay. Now now it's coming back to me, huh? So what are they going to do with Stafford? Um, he could probably play baseball if he wants to. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> he could be the catcher. Day, did you know that 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 uh, Stafford and Kershaw played baseball together? Oh Christ. I told I told Fountain, um, Jeff. I texted you earlier this week, and I was like, "This fucking Warensky Larkin thing better not become the next Stafford Kershaw, where it's like well, every single time they play." Once we trade him, it'll be another team's problem to deal with hearing that all the time. Yeah, that's true. Um, oh, Daniel, hear me. There he is. I I am who on. Is, who, is, who, who is this? <laughs> this is awesome. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. There he is. Uh, how are you gentlemen tonight? Oh, uh, very good. good. Danny, you have 45 minutes. Tell us what you think about the Lions. Go. <laughs> I no, we get it. Not, we have a I'm fresh clock. I'm, I'm late to the party on this. Uh, we have a, a we lot have, of the- we have a fresh clock. You're good. A <laughs> uh, lot of interesting stuff today. Yeah, so we kicked off. Um, we kicked off the podcast with uh, some NHL news, and then we got straight into the Lions, Stafford news, Anthony Lynn hiring, and apparently there's some other organizational news coming in the front front office that haven't come out yet, but it. That's in the pipeline, too. I'm a big fan of the Lynn hiring. Yes, that was a good one. Yeah, I think it's good. He'll be a good uh, offensive coordinator. Um, yeah, I think it's, it's going to be good. Where's Stafford going? You tell me, boss. Where <laughs> else? Captain Obvious over here. Not not Detroit. <laughs> yeah. What do you th- where do you think? Denver, Indy, Washington, New Orleans. Oh my god, Tam- it's, wi- it's wide open. Yeah. 
There's he's a market. Tampa. He's not going to Tampa. Brady's coming back. Yeah, Brady's unless he contract for another year. Yeah, yeah, he'll be back. Yeah, the, yeah, they're not gonna. Yeah, yeah. I did not get a bunch of research in. Uh, I I don't know, but there's a lot of teams he could go to, and you know, good for him. I hope he goes somewhere and wins a Super Bowl. At least gets to the playoffs. Uh, I really don't care about that, to be honest, but that's okay. <laughs> if, if you want him to win, that's fine. <laughs> what about if he wins, that means the Lions don't win. <laughs> I, don't, I don't wish, like, injury on the guy, but why do I care you know, if he wins or not? You know, I really don't care. You want to just make it – all that does is makes us look worse that we couldn't win with him and somebody else can. Yeah, but we are bad. We have a bad organization, a bad team. So you're you like know, actively, you'll actively root for him. Like if he goes to, uh, I don't know, any any team. How about the Colts? Are you gonna like root for the Colts when they play each game next year? Yeah, maybe, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> all, right, all right. What if we traded him to Chicago? No, no that would never happen. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> That's like if he went to Dallas. If he went to Dallas, I'm not rooting for Dallas. Well, that's no. They don't don't have Dak right now. If they don't want to spend the money on Dak, they could see Stafford as a cheaper option. Oh yeah, it's possible. It's feasible. You know what? The San Francisco thing. The San Francisco thing. Yeah, or the Patriots. We like making trades with them. Why oh, are you kidding me? Like, the Patriots would be like, no, you're going to give us Stafford and your first round pick. (laughs) That's the deal. Did you guys talk about Patricia going back to New England? A little bit. Yeah, back to back to his hole. Yeah, back to his hole with like an unspecified role. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) He's gonna be a paycheck collector. Yeah, he's gonna be uh Yeah, exactly. He'll be Belichick's right hand man again and he'll be on the sidelines with the pencil in his ear. They look sloppy next to each other. Looking like a slob. He's yeah. Uh, so instead of a black, instead of a black mumu, it's going to be a red or blue one. That's a bad example. It's like, oh, you you suck somewhere else and then still come and get a good job. <laughs> oh yeah, that's the that's the patriot way. Do you think that? So uh, you guys think that Cam's going to be done in New England? Like, oh yeah, like, for sure. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So where's he gonna go? Nowhere. He'll, he'll, probably <laughs> he'll be, be a back. He'll be a backup. He'll be a backup that has a similar system that he can run. Yeah. What about the football team? He'll go be the backup in like Baltimore or something. Oh, there you go. You know. Yeah. You think he's that bad? Seattle, Seattle backup, maybe. Yeah, dude. Cam Cam Newton's done. Yeah, he's hmm. he's. There's nothing left there. Too too many hits and he's just not a great passer, so his accuracy yeah. is terrible. So, yeah. All right, tell me how you really feel. <laughs> a lot of people feel that way. I still like the strong reaction from from Jeff on my rooting for Stafford. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I really don't. I mean, I don't. I don't wish injury on him by any means, but I, I don't really care. The, the more he succeeds, the worse it is for us. Well, it, it's 
it's validation for the organization if he goes somewhere else to a, a team that's perceived as good and doesn't want, doesn't do well. And then it's also, you know, it's it's vindication for him if he goes somewhere and wins a division title and makes a run in the playoffs, right? Yeah, I mean, the bar isn't that high for him, really. If, like, if he goes somewhere and wins one playoff game, that's better than he did in his entire time in Detroit. So, uh, If he wins the division, if he wins the division title. Mm-hmm. And if he goes to Indianapolis, I mean, that's doable. Yeah, I mean, there's oh, Tennessee, yeah. who's also really good. but Oh, that's a good point. Yeah, Tennessee is solid. It's not guaranteed they'd win the division if he goes to the Colts. But, but Tennessee just lost their offensive coordinator, so those are big shoes to fill. But yeah, you still have, you still have Tannehill, you still have Derrick Henry, you still have the most of the O line. Yeah, um, isn't very good, but yeah, what's his name? Um, is it AJ Brown? The receiver. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I mean, there's pieces there for sure. Mm-hmm. Right, Fountain. Yeah. Titans. Yeah. Under yeah. underrated logo. <laughs> Logo really? Oh, I did prefer the Tennessee Oilers. Ooh! Oh, dude, the, that that's a that's a classic though. Because they were the Tennessee Houston Oilers, Oilers first. Yeah, but they were the yeah. Tennessee. They were the Tennessee Oilers for like a couple five years. seconds. Were they? I thought it was, it was for a couple yeah. of years. I thought. Yeah, because oh, okay. they were because when they remember the uh, the Music City Miracle. What the hell is that scratching noise? Knock it off. <laughs> Not me. What is that? <laughs> is it still scratching? I don't know. It's like plastic. Is it, was it you, Jeff? No, not me. I said the sound is over now. Oh. <laughs> Wasn't me. That's I'm weird. Here. <laughs> oh, man. Warren Moon. Warren Moon. Yeah, so Music City, Music City Miracle, the Buffalo Bills. That's when Frank Wright had that like ridiculous comeback for the Bills, it and that Wycheck was a player on that team. Or Frank no, Wycheck. Wycheck was on the team when. Uh, remember they had that that toss, yeah, like the you know many cool. lateral play that one. Oh shit! Wait, 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 wait. Are you talking about uh, when Tennessee, Tennessee played tennis? Tennessee played St. Louis in the Super Bowl. No, no, it wasn't that game. Let me look it up. Frank Wycheck, though, yeah. Um, but, yeah, I think when Tennessee played Buffalo and it was like the, the Music City Miracle, that was – they were still the ten- – they were the Oilers still. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like how Charlotte was the Bobcats. Oh, God. They became the Hornets again. Yeah. There's been some weird team games. Because you brought up the NBA – I'm going to throw this out there. That thing McNabb talks about, this Top Shots. Did you guys know what that was? I looked it up today. That thing is crazy. No. Okay, so NBA Top Shots is a platform that's like a digital highlights. You like buy highlights from games, right? You're actually buying the highlight. and You buy them in like packs, like trading cards. And you sell them to like for and you for, and you sell them for for to like uh for people to package in like a highlight package or whatever no, a highlight reel no like from what I'm to understand and very little research 
It's literally like, you know, you own the rights to the highlight, but it doesn't matter. It's not like you made money off of it, like when people watch it, right? So you're buying these packs of highlights, like digital, you know, in digital form. Okay. Okay. And then there's value to it. So like you can trade them and sell them like cards. So if you open up a pack and have a limited edition, like highlight, you know, LeBron dunk one of four, that's worth a ton of money. Like this shit's selling for like some of these highlights are selling for 35, 40 grand a pop. Wait a minute. And and they're all on, they're all, they're all online. Yes. It's all digital. There's nothing physical you get. And is it just like a like the same way we'll you have to buy a card to sell it for a higher value? You buy a highlight it? and somebody else buys it the hopes to sell yes, it to somebody correct. else eventually? You got it. Exactly. I'm looking okay. right now. I can we'll buy a to... Tyler Hero uh, layup from the finals last year. $6,500 is the asking price. Yes. That's what I'm saying. It's like, And it's all like in the crypto world. It's like I was going to say it's like Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, like, I'm gonna uh, pass on that for now. I think, but <laughs> you, you know what the funny thing is? It's like either this thing you get in it now and get out quick with your earnings, yeah, or or, or like this thing blows up and you're like crap. Like it's either yeah. gonna stick around or die out in like a month. Like you'd be the guy that bought Amazon at twenty a share and sold it at fifty a share, and now it's worth three thousand a share. Yeah, because <laughs> if you were looking this up, like before the NBA season started this year. They did like five million in sales, and it just started last year. Now they're up into like close to a hundred million or something like that. And the NBA gets a cut, and this company Dapper gets a cut. Yeah, NBA has the licensing for it, so like mm-hmm. whatever they get, if they get like they probably get like a, a kit, you know, like a percentage of like the the first transaction of it selling. Oh, so I you think don't get, get royalties from it being played. You only make money if you can sell it to somebody else, basically. Correct. And I think the NBA gets a cut off of every sale, even including resales. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. Anyways. Yeah, that's, that's li- the, the NBA licensed it that way. I bet you that's Adam Silver. I mean, we've talked a little bit about that before. Like the guy, For sure. The guy knows how to, how to make money and how to make the league, you know. Like, yeah, they lost the, money on all the Pistons. ticket sales. Right. But, I mean, like, look yeah, at the Pistons. Like, like that. The organization's worth, like, $2 billion. The Pistons? It, yeah. Oh, yeah. A, a billion. No, I'm, I think it's two. No, it's not. <laughs> oh, Pistons are not the, the Pistons are not worth $2 billion. I think the, the Knicks are the probably worth $2 billion. Though. Yeah. What was it three the, the Clippers sold for? When Balmer bought the Clippers, I thought they, it was he, he bought them for that much, but I don't think they're worth that much. No, he that's just what it cost. He wanted to own it, a team, yeah. Yeah, it's just that was the price. That was the cost of uh, um, of admission or cost for you know that's what he had to do to buy a seat at the table. But yeah, I think the Knicks are the highest valued team, and they're at like they're probably around two. The Pistons are at like one point two billion, which is crazy. Considering, you know, I think he bought he he bought the Pistons, all of Palace Entertainment, which includes Meadowbrook, Pine Knob, all, Palace. all of Palace Entertainment, yeah, the Palace building and land for three hundred fifty million. 
and now it's worth one point four five billion. The that, franchise. That's, that's just the Pistons, not Pine. Correct. Not the yep. land the palace is on. Meadowbrook. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That's. Oof. Wish I had uh, half a billion ten years sitting ago. around. <laughs> Andy, you got that kind of cash lying around? Uh, yeah, under, underneath my mattress. <laughs> it is my mattress. mattress. A bunch of certificates. Those are IOUs, sir. They're as good as cash. Yeah. Got a bunch of sticky notes. Um, so, yeah, we talked about the line stuff earlier. Dan, Danny, what do you think of this Dan Campbell guy? Um, you know, I think, I think it's a good move. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, listen, if he has a strong, you know, like that's why I like the Lynn hiring. I think if he's got strong coordinators around him, I don't think he's going to be like the main play caller, right? I think he's the no. he's big. Yeah, he's a big kneecap guy. <laughs> Dude, have you seen the, this guy eats kneecaps? Did you see that barstool T-shirt they made of, no, of a lion no. a, a lion biting off Aaron Rodgers' kneecap? That's <laughs> fucking awesome! I'm like, I want that shirt. <laughs> it's That's like a lot. Li- it's like a lion with a football helmet on, and it's like, I mean, it. It's it's a it's like a it's a football player with the number twelve, and he's throwing the ball. Like it doesn't say Aaron Rodgers, but you can assume it's him. Um, damn, dude. I fucking love that shit. I yeah, I think he's he's gonna like you said, Danny. He's not really gonna be in there to be calling the offense or you know calling calling defensive uh, um, calling defensive plays. But he's kind of being brought in as you know to establish a culture and and be a leader. Right. Somebody somebody the guys can rally around. Yep. So, I mean, I don't know. It might work. Who knows? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this is the Lions, but um, like you said, Jeff said it earlier before you came on, um, the Anthony Lynn hiring gives you a little bit more peace of mind knowing that he's been a head coach, he's been on the sidelines. And they, you know, Sheila and Rod and everybody, you know, Spielman, they said that, you know, when they were doing this search that they wanted an experienced head coach. And that's why, you know, we all kind of were speculating that, like, it was probably going to be like a Marvin Lewis hire. Yeah. Possibly. And then, you know, I don't know if the plan the whole time was that they knew Anthony Lynn was going to get fired and that he'd be there. But, man, that just kind of seemed to work out pretty well that you've got a head coach that just got fired and now he's going to come in and be your O.C., Right. And then Bevel's still the defensive coordinator, right? No. No. He Bevel. was the Bevel. offensive coordinator. He, oh, you're he right. was the offensive coordinator. Yeah. Actually, the defensive coordinator. So he gone. Yeah. Yeah, he's gone for sure. Who's the Aaron, defensive coordinator? Aaron Glenn. He was the uh, defensive backs coach for the Saints. Oh, okay. Um, actually, Bevel, I think, is going to be Urban Meyer's OC. Jacksonville. In Jacksonville. Wow. The rumors are that, yeah, he's going to be an offensive coordinator somewhere. And they have a ton of cap space to go along with the number one pick. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> one little quick update here. Um, seeing a tweet from John Middlecoff. Do not know who he is or if he's reputable, but he said, every GM I text thinks 
this year's number one pick gets you a phone call about Stafford, then the bidding starts. Most likely a number one and a number two if many teams are involved, which there will be. So a first and a second rounder this year. Yeah, that's kind of what the speculation is. Who knows how it'll actually play out. Awesome. Yeah, but I love it. Wait that long until they own that bonus. Well, that's until March. They have time. They yeah, they got oh, okay. mid March. Gotcha. Two. They have. It's five days after the beginning of the new calendar, which is March seventeenth. Okay. So they basically have until like March twenty first to make it to make a deal. So yeah. that's almost two months. Hmm. Well, hopefully they figure it out. Hmm. Yeah, hopefully they don't screw this up. (laughs) Yeah. If Kelly Kelly Stafford's put anything on Instagram yet, she seems quick to to do that, apparently. Yeah. She is outspoken. Yeah. She's she's pretty quick on the trigger. So, uh... Her kids were at Pine Knob today. That's the last thing I see. Oh, <laughs> she went skiing at Pine You guys missed her. Kyle Kyle Meinke, who covers the Lions for MLive.com, he just tweeted out to earlier today. Matthew Stafford floated the trade idea first. That got tabled during the search for coach and general manager. Both Brad Holmes and Dan Campbell were were told this might happen during their interviews. Um. Matthew Stafford floated the idea thinking it would be in his and the team's best interest for a league source. It has nothing to do with the new hires or those searches. Detroit has decided to pursue it. Yeah, I think the the Lions probably put that out because they don't want it to seem like, you know, right after they hire these two guys, now Stafford wants out. They don't want to make it seem like he's strongly against who they hired, and that's why he wants out. They're floating that. He said he wanted to be traded just because of a rebuild, not specifically who was hired. Is what that sounds like. That makes sense. Yeah. 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 So um, I I liked what Dan Campbell had to say. I liked that he came out and was like, look, nothing really gets me fired up about this roster. Yeah. Yeah, he pretty much just put it right on the GM to be like, hey, we – need to make a lot of moves here. We're going to, yeah, we need to retool is what they want to call it. Um, I, I don't know. That, that sounds like, like she, it just seems like that's something Sheila's like, I don't want to hear the word rebuild. I can just see that happening in a meeting where she's like, I don't want to hear the word rebuild. We have to call it something else, like some not, stupid thing. You're not selling you know? tickets anyways right now. So yeah, like Jesus. And then we've seen um, so many local teams not rebuild and just have it be longer. Yeah, and that's why... Every Detroit team, the Red Wings, the Pistons, the Tigers, Tigers. Tigers Michigan State football, Michigan yep. football. Like every, literally every sports team locally held on too long, and then it caused even more problems in the rebuild process. It's it, Yeah, it's it's per, it's prolonging the rebuild process because you're, you're just so deep in the hole and there's just such a dearth of talent. Got to rip the Band-Aid off. Yeah. yeah. Just fucking sack up whatever assets you have. Get rid of them. Get as much as you can in return. Strip it down to the studs and fucking rebuild the thing. Yeah, but the Red Wings needed that playoff streak. What a, <laughs> what a, what a, what a crock. 
or the piston sell out streak that lasted like two years longer than it actually did. Yeah. <laughs> remember like, going to a game and being like, sell out, and we're like, what? It's like, you know, no one here. <laughs> yeah. We gave all the tickets away, and that counts as selling them. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. What a, the, at least at least with the Pistons and the Wings, though, like they won championships, like fine. Um, but yeah, the the thing with the Pistons is just like Christ, it's it's been a mess ever since Bill Davidson died. Um, the Wings, at least now, you can just sit back and be like, all right, like we know Iserman's gonna get his 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 thing going. Yeah, and that's going to take some time. Yes. Years. Yeah, hopefully yeah. we get luck, lucky in the lottery is all we can hope for. <sighs> yeah, right. I'm not banking <laughs> on that. It's fucking Batman. What else you got? You know. Yeah. I mean, all you can hope, hope for is that you don't fall fall further down more than two spots because that's pretty much what's happened every single year they've been in the lottery, lottery right? Yeah, drafting fourth or dropping be, a couple from yeah. yeah, they're supposed to be drafting fourth and then end up drafting drafting fifth or they're supposed to be drafting sixth and they drop down to eight. Some shit like that. While you see all these teams in the East Coast, New Jersey, New York keep keep oh keep yeah. miraculously winning. Huh. That's make, interesting. Make, make the playoffs last year. Yeah, I'll take a number one pick too. Yeah, hey, cool. How does elect yeah, how does uh, the uh number one draft pick of prospect in the world sound too oh and you drafted second the year before oh and you just signed um artemi panarin long term yeah cool andy you still with us <laughs> hey bud put you your shoes on do you have an air horn or something you can blast hey andy you can put your shoes on we're at grandma's <laughs> Did he fall asleep back to back weeks? Foz? He's messing with us. <laughs> oh. Wow, that was creepy. Uh, he probably <laughs> He's probably making a rum and coke or something. Maybe taking a he dog could, outside. Could be doing yeah, the yeah. Final, the final No, you're right. Extended. I'm right extended. here. Yep. Yeah. There okay, there he is. All right. We were wondering about you. Were you taking a leak and didn't want to pull a wide jack and have that on tape? No, I was just listening to you you three like surmise whether or not I'd actually fallen asleep or not. You're close. What you'd have to say. You're close. No. If we started talking if we started talking about the no, Honda if we started talking about the Honda Western Division and who we think's going to win that this year. I'm watching women snowboarding right now, so it's very entertaining. Ah, it's actually it's actually pretty awesome. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, yeah. Are you trying to pick up some tips on how to snowboard? Uh, no, I won't be doing anything like this. We <laughs> <laughs> go to Point Islands. I'll be. I'll, I just want to get down the hill and make sure I don't crash. Yep. That's all. That's all. It's, those days are over. Have a beer waiting for me when I get to the lodge. <laughs> exactly. Make sure it's cold. Awesome. Yeah, my goal uh, is to not get hurt. <laughs> smart. That's my that's my goal as well. Yeah. Just get down the hill. Don't get hurt. 
no no trick no flips no tricks no none of that no not that the, not that i was ever decent at that anyway but especially now that that's not gonna happen i was definitely more courageous back then it would oh, try yeah. more shit now i would, I would like, drop in a half pipe you know oh yeah <laughs> shit i did i drop in a half pipe when i was like like 23 24 25 not not today no that's not no. gonna happen no. i have no interest no. in that Alds, you're coming up, right? No. <laughs> it's probably like a 45 minute helicopter ride. Yeah, it's not that bad. Yeah, it's a little bit of a drive for you. Cool. You can come and grab. You can swing down and grab me on the way up. <laughs> I'll, I'll grab you at the Sashaba parking ride. We'll just get yeah. <laughs> yeah. there. We'll, we'll, we'll take care of us. Yeah. No, I'm, no I'm, I'm good. Yeah. <clears throat> and I, I don't ski or snowboard, so. But your wife does, and, and she's going to get yours. She, I, I saw a thing the other day uh, that she was going to try and get Tommy or was thinking about maybe getting Thomas into lessons like next year or something like that. That would be cool. Yeah, I think we're – she's going to go – I think she wants to go back to skiing too, so I think we're going to start to do that together. Like, oh, yeah, that, uh, that's yeah. cool. I, yeah, I'd like so. to, I, I was telling Danny, I've, I've never skied, but I, I would like to learn how, so I could like, so yeah. I teach my kids and, and go. I think yeah, that'd be it's great. pretty easy. You, if you yeah. do snowboard, you, yeah, it's not, it's not that hard. You just got to learn how to stop. That's about it. Yeah, the <laughs> hardest part. The hard, you gotta learn, you gotta learn how to stop. The hardest part, yes. So, all the <clears> have you ever been on skis or no? No. Gotcha. Um, but I, I, yeah, like I was looking at it, it was like, uh, like head up Friday afternoon, then leave Sunday. I'm like, that's, there's like, if it was like, that's just not enough time coming from down here. Um, yeah, yeah. but who else is going? You guys, Tim, Dasky and Bart. Bart. Okay. Has anyone Dasky? actually heard of Bart's coming? I don't know if that's tr- true or not. Uh, I don't know. Okay. I don't know. But I, I hope figured not. it out. I hope not. What I noticed, I'm the I'm the only one without a pickup truck out of everybody. So (laughs) I might just hitch a ride with somebody that's taking up skis with themselves. Um, yeah, I I I was gonna tell Bart. I was like, yeah, I'm I'm riding with Danny. You you can drive yourself. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. What? Well, everybody else is gonna carpool except for Bart. He has to drive himself. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. So, yeah, I mean, stuff that, like, Rachel and I have talked about is, like, obviously, hopefully, either once our kids are older, you know, w- you know, we can leave them with the parents or whatever, is uh, get, like, a trip and go out to, like, Utah or Colorado. Oh, Yeah. That'd be fucking yeah. sweet. Like, like no, get a group I, of like friends, like a big group of friends, and get like a house yeah, or something. I would love to do that. It would be yeah. excellent. Go to like fucking Vail or Park City, Utah. I just talked to a, a guy I work with. He went to Keystone. He said it was, that was really cool. Danny, have okay. you been out west? Yeah, I've been to um, Vail, Beaver okay. Creek, Breckenridge. Um, what was the other place we went? 
I can't remember, but I've been to a few Aspen. places out there. I mean, it's no, I have not been Ooh, to California. <laughs> Beautiful. But no, it's awesome. It's a whole different world out there when it comes go to, to skiing. Go to Big Sky, Montana, and go down to Yellowstone. Yellowstone. You've been to oh, Yellowstone. I want to go to I know Yellowstone Jeff has. regardless. I have, yeah. I've gone twice. It's yeah. Everybody's yeah. Yellowstone. Yellowstone. Oh. We stayed in Big Sky, which is actually, there's a huge ski resort there, which actually, actually is owned by the same, the same, I don't know, management firm, whatever you want to call them, that owns all the Boeing resorts. Oh, yeah, you know, my my sister lives in Denver, and her and her husband have, like, a season pass to – must be where you're talking about because they said they could also ski a Boeing with their passes that they have, technically, if they were out here. So Hmm. I wonder if that is a thing. Oh, Jeff, I totally thought – I forgot about that. Yeah, it's uh, – I've been to Breckenridge, but it was in July, so I did not ski. Yeah, some decent hiking, and I saw the the ski hills, but yeah, I haven't, yeah, I haven't done Denver in the winter yet. What what's that trickling noise in the background? It's not me. Somebody washing their hands. I'm <laughs> sitting on the couch. I've been not I've me. been sitting on my couch the whole time. Yeah, yeah, sitting, yeah. sitting in my office. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sounded like somebody was trying to hide taking a piss. Oh, I've learned my lesson. By peeing on the side of the bowl. <laughs> I did that about four minutes ago. Did you guys hear? <laughs> of course I did. <laughs> Let it happen. <laughs> We've been on here for like three and a half hours. It has to. Have we really? No, it's been like two and a half. Oh, that's it? It seems. Yeah, it well, like no, what's time? o'clock? Uh, uh, yeah, so. About nine forty ish, I think we started. So yeah, we should probably uh, approaching three here. Yeah, we should probably put put this thing to bed. Yeah, this is gonna be uh, a lot for me to listen to tomorrow. <laughs> What's that? It's gonna be it's what? Gonna, it's gonna be a lot for me to listen to tomorrow. Now when I listen back. Oh, yeah. Out. Well, it's if I edit everything tonight. Yeah, no, probably not. Okay. We'll see. Expecting it by. I, would, I wouldn't expect. <laughs> I do not expect uh, that of you. Ever. I want this on my desk at eight o'clock tomorrow morning. <laughs> <laughs> you if I don't wake up draft ready to go 8 a.m no excuses if I don't get a refresh on my feed in the next three hours there's gonna be hell to pay <laughs> you're fired yeah <laughs> oh man good stuff all right, all right. Stuff. well thank awesome. you for the guest guest tonight <laughs> yes Jeff, Danny, thanks for joining last minute. This was supposed to be like a quick emergency podcast, and it turned into our longest show like ever, long, I think. The longest, <laughs> yeah. I think it is the longest show we've ever done. Is this the first first double guest appearance? Yeah. Yeah. It, you yeah, know what? This worked out honestly, pretty well. Honestly, it's not that bad because we talked about it before. We're like, oh, four people, that's going to be too much. It's going to get – it's not that bad. No. As long as everybody's peeing once at a t- you know one at a time. <laughs> oh man, Danny! You next j- time, so we can give each other some cues, so we we know what's up. You, you could mute your line, just FYI. Yeah. <laughs> I think I think a scheduled pee break on air is the way to go. Yeah, you can just send a note. There's a message box. Just be like. 
peeing BRB. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on my fourth beer, okay? Jeez. Yeah. Yeah. Runs through you. All right, good stuff. Hey, Dan, All right. Are you going to watch those games tomorrow or what? Yes, 100% sure. It's supposed to snow and be really cold. I know. Ugh. I know. We'll figure it out. Yeah. Love it. All right, gentlemen. All cool. Right. Well, thanks for thanks for joining, guys. Uh, if you like what you hear, hit the subscribe button, and we will talk to you later. Goodbye. <laughs>